Well, given that it's Memorial Day, I'm, I'm thinking turnout's probably going to be a little low today. That's so, true. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and welcome everybody to SoxCast episode 95. We're inching closer and closer to three oh, man. digits and like an eight hour podcast. It'll be great. <laughs> And remember, SoxCast is brought to you as always by Moon Pies. Moon Pies, the frothing demand for this snack continues. <laughs> what What does IGN give Moon Pies? 10 out of 10, motherfucker. Really? Okay. They're, are they perfect? They're, I think so. Okay. Brett, they're obviously perfect. Come on. They're moon Pies. Come on. Yeah, I knew somebody would get what I was referencing there. <clears throat> Wasn't a reference. There you go. There you go. Hi, Sasha. Hey, Eleanor. I was playing off Polly's reference. I know what she was talking about. Okay. 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 Wasn't sure. Wasn't. I got it too. Sure. All right. Well, look at that. Good jokes. Got a whole bunch of smart people here. I think every time we make a reference, we should kind of do like a round call, and everyone can be like, yeah. "Yes, All I right. did get that." Who joke. got it? Who got it? All right. All right. Oh, and then I'll just be like, "Well, that time I did not get it." Can you Minus five me? cool points. I'll so, take, note that on the board, and for, and now you can explain it to me, so in the future I'll get the reference. Yeah, yeah. And you can do that fake laugh you do. All my laughs are genuine. Of course they are. Well, to my immediate virtual right, he's still waiting here, my dear, to kill all of you. It's Rhett! Hi. Hey, Rhett. I get the reference! <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I was gonna say Faith No More, but I guess it's Coheed then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's Cody. That is I Cody. was like, it's it's one of them, and then John shouted that. I'm like, okay, I know which one it is now. <laughs> okay, so I get it, and Red's get it. We're doing great. Look at Tom this. We're on fucking point. We've got synergy in this goddamn podcast for once. <laughs> we're maintaining that S rank so far. God damn, we're on a roll. Red, how you doing? Good. Weekend treat you well? You enjoying the long weekend? Oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Vegging out. Yeah. <laughs> playing one game. And nothing else. Literally nothing else. That's that's a good way to that's a good way to spend. I did, I kind of did the same thing, but you know we'll go over it. We'll go over it. It was five o'clock, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll stop at five thirty. Once I get back to my ship, I'll stop. And then you could do that, and you keep going, and it's like oh, it's five thirty now. I should probably stop. I was I was I was very much <laughs> like that when the Binding of Isaac Rebirth came out. Oh when it God, first yeah. came out, yeah, I was just like down to the wire every time we had to do an episode for like. Probably three months. <laughs> just one more run. Just beat this boss, get to the next floor, and then, then I'll stop. Yeah, then I can auto-save and just pop back out and it'll be fine. Yeah, like I, it was like that for a good long while. <laughs> to my immediate virtual left. So come on, bitch, why aren't you laughing now? It's John Thayer. Hi. How's it going? I'm doing well. I have my tea and my robe, my coconut oil. I'm ready for a podcast. Mr. Bougie over here. Yeah. Just living it up. Don't y'all got tornadoes out that way? I saw that on Twitter. Somebody I know lives in the general area. I'm like, okay, is this going to be another thing? Are we going to have to cancel? Because I saw somebody talking about having tornado warnings all over the place and uh, over there. I think it's some light thunderstorms. Um, I did get a surge protector. And mm -hmm. also, um, I've never had the power go out in this place. So I, I kind of feel like it's probably fine. Mm. You're probably invincible. Mother Nature got no, got no fucking shit on you. What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. It's just nature. It's just yeah. leaves and air and shit. 
Like, what the I fuck? Mean, it's some water from the sky. Whoop-de-fucking-do. I get that <laughs> from my goddamn tap. Come on, now. Brainiac says, don't jinx it, John. Jeez. I may God strike me down if I'm not completely <laughs> invincible. I'm just just oh. imagining hearing all of a sudden static coming through, and then John has disconnected. <laughs> and, then, and then we just do the podcast without him because it's funnier yeah. that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way that I would have it. Exactly. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I will. Sure, pretty sure John like lives in the Shinra building anyway, so he's probably invincible in there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's What's the worst that can happen to people in the Shinra building? Yeah, like, no, no, no. Well, actually, when you think about it, it's, it is the people below the Shinra building that had something to worry about. Yeah, they <laughs> got they got pooped on. They got pooped on pretty bad. Yeah. Like, not people literal. Spoilers. Spoilers. I see everyone like, hey, maybe it's time to stop talking about Final Fantasy VII. Oh, spoilers. my God. Yeah, I've been, I've been seeing that lately. It's like, people... Literally everybody fucking knows Eris dies at this point. <gasps> I bet she. I, I did. I really wonder if they're gonna do it in the remake. Gonna do what? Like change gonna... it up so she doesn't actually die. I think I goddamn guarantee you there will be a way to bring her back to life in the goddamn oh, remake, no. and that makes me so mad. I know they're gonna do it because that's all people have bitched about for the last 20 fucking years is oh my god I can't get Aerith back I wasted so long getting her limit no you didn't motherfucker because it doesn't take that long back in talking my about, day talking about we all the work about... they put into Aerith like yeah I bet yeah. you fucking did I mean I was sad because I did use her but <laughs> I, I was on. sad because I liked her because she was sweet we went on a date. It was nice. Huh. Tifa's better back in anyway. my day. They're we were kill using Tifa. Game Shark They're to bring Leo back Tifa. to life. <laughs> They'll kill Tifa this time around. <laughs> I swear to God, I see people say that unironically. I could see him doing it. I could see him doing it. They're gonna do some. They're gonna pull a swerve They're, somewhere. They really. I really think they are going to. Rebuild the Final Fantasy VII. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll be coming out for the next 20 years. Good. <laughs> well, that, yeah. that's That tracks yeah. so far. Yeah, which comes out first? Ava 4 or whatever 3 plus 1 they're calling it? Are, are, have we reached 10 years for uh, Rebuild of Ava yet? Oh, I, I'm pretty I sure think, we have, actually. I think we are, at least at least for the first uh, the, for the first movie. I, I am almost sure we yeah. are 10 years in now. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Somehow rebuild. Somehow rebuild is going to last longer than that manga that took like fourteen years. Oh my god. The Shinji Akari raising project. No, like the Ava adaptation. Oh yeah, manga. the actual Ava adaptation where the author kept getting sick. It took like ten years to do the last couple chapters or something. Yeah. I don't know. And then change the ending. Would you try to summarize episode 25 and 26, motherfucker? Let's see how long it takes you. Yeah, you don't have 26 <laughs> years to spare at this point. We're all dead in 10 anyway. Oh, boy. Whoops, spoilers. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> John Fire! Yeah? What you, what, you, what you been up to? Oh, wait, wait. If John yeah. mentions the thing, then I should go first. I've got, I've got a, I've got a, a quick okay. thing I think we're we'll all okay. talking about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. I've been doing a bunch of action games. Action games oh. are good. I like those. I really like them. I, I, I briefly mentioned at the start of the last. I kind of started my um, 
binge right before the last Sox cast when I one CC'd um, Toho 16 mm-hmm. in like two sittings. Um, and then I tried to deep dip into something a little bit meatier, and I tried Judgment Silver Sword and Cho Ren Shah, and they were too meaty. Oh was... <laughs> yeah, Judgment Judgment Silver Sword. From everything I've seen in that game, looks a little too rich for my blood. It is extra extra rare, um, two three pound steak. Yeah, um, a little too much for me. Um, this is an easy mode that was a lot a lot easier to handle. Mm. Um, but still, I, I kind of was like, eh, but who plays not... games on baby easy mode, right? Exactly. Not I started, real gamers. I, like, <laughs> I started and I was just like, this is fine, but it's not the same. And then I, um, and then I was like, okay, so all these games are really, really hard. Um, they're all riffing on like cave arcade shmups, which are also really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Is are there shmups that aren't really, really, really hard? And I found thought about console shmups. Um, which used to be impossibly hard, but now that I've been bashing my head against, like, um, Dojin shmups that riff on arcade games and, um, actual arcade games, mm-hmm. um, like a super, a good Super Nintendo shmup is like, oh yeah, I can do this. Hey, this is a nice treat. This is, this is comparatively very gentle. So can so I, get, I a, get a quick, uh, can I get a quick consensus around the table on something? Go for it. Cave mm. shooters. Thoughts. Never played them. Oh. Um, I, I like them. So, I I'm, yeah. There's I just something about their style of game that I don't like. I can't really Actually, put a finger on it, really. What's the little girl side-scroller one? Death Smiles? Death Smiles. Yeah. Is that is that them? Yes. Yeah, that's Cave. Okay, kind of don't like them then. <laughs> like, there's just something about... like, And I can't tell. Maybe it's just, I don't know, their approach to the way bullets are handled or player movement or whatever but i just i generally find that i'm not having a lot of fun when i'm playing a cave shmup mm. and, or trying to interact with the various 800,000 crazy systems they have for scoring and shit mm. like that like i don't know cave just kind of doesn't do it for me but i like a lot of things that are influenced by cave such as like crimson clover for instance and, and, yeah. and games like that and oh, Reflex, yeah. or, I, was, I thought you were going to say toho I don't. I don't think Toho's really inspired that much by Cave, though. Really? Toho kind of has yeah. a completely different pace f- from. God, it really does. Uh, because Cave shmups are super fast, and the bullet yeah. spreads are fast as fuck. Whereas with Toho, it's more just like bullet density, but the bullets are moving really slow most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I play him and I'm like, yeah, this is nice. Like I like I played Dota a bunch of Dota and Pachi. That's probably the one I sunk the most time into. Yeah, like, that's the one I've played the most and probably yeah. the one I like the most. Even though mm-hmm. it's still like it pro- Dota and Pachi probably wouldn't make it into my top ten shmub list. Yeah, because it's just like okay, I I get, I like the pace here. It, it's it's they it. It's weird that shmups kind of got less accessible as they went along, instead of getting more accessible like almost every other genre, because yeah. they kept catering more and more towards, towards the hardcore people who are really good at shmups. But, but those are the people that are buying, so it's a yeah. genre where I felt that it made sense to go that direction. Yeah, it makes sense, but then but then yeah. that's the thing playing like cave shmups specifically. It's like, yeah. you play a game, like a 10, 10 or 15 years older game, and it's easier and kinder and much easier to get a handle on like Rayforce or Gradius or R type and it's and that's that's like kind of, that's very funny to me. It's just like, oh okay. I I will go backwards to make it easier to digest. Yeah. I think the problem with 
focusing on the hardcore like that is like over time that group shrinks and then you're not making money anymore. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I, Cave is like my end game of. I, I really like Ketsui's aesthetic and soundtrack. That's the only one where like, oh, I love the music to this. Like mm-hmm. that's, like that's so big for me and Schmups. So that that's the one that I'm like, oh yeah, I, I want to try that at some point. But it's also very hard. So. Yeah, Ketsui's, Ketsui's fucking merciless. Yeah, ten years from now. If you see that, that's the thing because now I, I realize, oh, I'm actually pretty good at console shmups now. Like Axelite, that's what I played a bunch of. Um, I played it for like five days, and I one credit cleared it, and it felt really good. Um, so it was like it was harder than the Toho sixteen one was, which was felt so breezy it didn't really register. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, but not so not, not as hard as like judgment silver sword or chorincha or an arcade game where i was just like oh this is a brick wall that i am bashing my head against mm. and after about two weeks i'm gonna quit and it's gonna feel bad mm. um so it was like a five or six solid nice day little journey yeah, um, and actually is fan fucking tastic yeah it's real good is that the first time you actually said the name of the game yeah <laughs> I was like, John is really building up what the name of the SNES game is, and then Polly just drops it. Yeah, because no. we all knew. I, yeah, I didn't mean to be building it up. We were just going on the cave tangent. Yeah. Um. So like, God, the aim's real good, huh? It's really good. Yeah, I re- the overhead stages are really good. Uh, the, the the overhead stages have that drama. I think that that that's the one where I I kept thinking of like Star Fox, especially like level five. Oh, where, absolutely. Which just just as straight that same level from Star Fox. Yeah, yeah, it's just, literally the fire level from Star Fox. Yep. The music's so good. Oh, God, yeah, but yeah. this would have come out before Star Fox sixty four. Yeah, so yeah. really, so I'm pretty really sure on this, this exactly. Is, yeah, this informed Star Fox sixty four more than a hundred percent certain. Yep. That was oh man, and then the last level's real good. It's just, it's like twice as long as the others. And mm. it, I mean, just, it's, yeah, it's got that whole outer space section, which uses you know the up tempo version of the intro music, which very mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. And then time. there's the whole gradient space interior part that's very hard. Oh god, yeah. yeah. It's like okay, we're in the shmup now. <laughs> we built up enough. Yeah, like we earned the right to be this butt fuckingly difficult. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I was just like, and this time, I as a kid, I finished the game and I did it with continues. So mm-hmm. I would, I, I guess, I beat this last level with just three lives. And that's like, that seems much harder there, younger John. <laughs> <laughs> but younger John also beat subterranean animism that way, and I'm just like, why? Oh, oh. why did <laughs> you do that? Because it's just, it was just me like hammering on the final boss for like four hours. Oh man, I always feel so bad when I like have to do that, and it's just like I just, I would rather quit. I just want a one CC shmups. It's kind of my like. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't play shmups yeah. with continues. Honestly, I just can't because it doesn't feel right to me. But yeah, like, you kind of opened my opened my mind there a while back. Mountain and Faith and Subterranean Avism were particularly brutal if you continue as well. Yes. Yeah, like you just so restart I thought, the level. I thought Mountain of Faith was really hard because I kept restarting on the final boss instead of just playing yeah. the game again. And if you just do that, then you get there with four lives and it's easy. Yeah. I, you only have two. I winced a bit there when you mentioned Younger John playing Subterranean Animus, and I'm like, well, how old is Younger John again? I was thinking <laughs> like 10 years old. I'm like... 
I was in like middle or high school. I was okay. in high school. I think so that's because for me it's like oh younger Rhett played Life Force my very first shmup. I was like eight. You know. <laughs> um, I did. I. This was Axley was much younger than when I got into Toho. Like I yeah. played that. That was like one of the first months I ever finished. That's what I was expecting. Yeah, um, but then I find so it was nice to finally return to that, and it, especially because it's very good. The way they handle power ups and health is really clever and good. Mm-hmm. It's a really neat system that I don't think we've seen in like anything else. I've the way you get new weapons. Yeah, Einhander maybe. I think Einhander's system is similar. Yeah. That's one of the ones I have, like, in my quiver. Like, I've never touched this, but I know I'm going to like it. Mm. It's a sword. It's a PS1 shmup. Those always kind of are pretty. Yeah, I like the soundtrack. I was way bit bad at it, I remember. <laughs> yeah, it's a game you kind of got to... You've got to dedicate a little time to kind of learning its various ins and outs because it is one of those systems-based yeah. shmups where it's got... It's definitely got some systems going on, but... Yeah, it's a real good game, though. Cool. See, see, younger Rhett, real bad at shmups. <laughs> like them a whole lot. Airzonk, easy mode. Axelay, easy mode. Einhander, fuck this shit too hard. <laughs> hey, Rhett, I think everyone's bad at shmups at first. I'm realizing that. I was like... I mean, it's a hard genre, I, yeah. Yeah, why do I suck so much at this? Why do I suck so much at this? And I kept doing that, and now I'm like, oh, Axelay's easy now. Okay. Okay. Not easy. Still took, like, a week, but... That felt that felt good and felt cool. I died like I, I kept dying like died on I got when I started the one CC attempts finally after doing like some save state drilling, I died on stage four and then I ran out of lives on stage five and then I ran out of lives in at stage six and then during the stage six final boss. Mm-hmm. So it's just that completely linear upward trend of progress that's very encouraging. It's like, okay, yeah, every single time I'm getting better at this. Yeah, like, and, and games that make you feel like that are pretty great. That said, don't ever spend one month trying to beat Gradius 3 Arcade. By the yeah, end, no! By the end of that, I just hated it. By the end of that, I was, <laughs> I was, I was hate-fucking that game by the end. It was, that's really all that was. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I spent a month through one fucking credit clear Gradius 3. But... At the same now, time, I did not have the sense of elation one might think once it was over. Yeah. Like, uh, oh. Did you ever turn? You, could, you go ahead, do Rhett. the SNES one with no slowdown. Oh, God. that The game's not designed for that. Oh, I want to see the speed stage on that. Has oh, anybody done God, that yet? Oh, God. That would be <laughs> stupid. That game lags so much, even the fast stage slows down, I'm pretty sure. I think I saw somebody on my uh, Twitch followers, I think they were streaming that shit for like seven mm. hours and finally beat it. <sighs> that video of the bubble stage was so weird, just seeing it not chugga-chugga-chugga. Yeah, to see it play at full speed is a weird That stage weird is thing. like so obscene in how slow it is. Yeah, yeah. Kind of has to be, though. It's like um, that fucking... Crystal like, stage in Gradius 2 on the NES. It's pretty bad. Like, the Moai stage, I could see slow down because there's lots of bolts coming at you, but that bubble stage is just... SNES can't handle this, apparently. Yeah, yeah. It's... Lots of sprites. Lots of sprites. Big ones, small ones, yeah. more small ones. Oh, nice and thunder. Yeah, Gradius 3, I think SNES is the one I would want to try. Over the arcade one. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Gradius 3 1cc on SNES is way more feasible. And you don't that have, just sounds like a it, nice, healthy little 
journey. You don't I have did those, sample. You don't have the uh, jank ass 3D stages either in uh, the SNES version. Oh god, someone linked Wait. a video of those recently. Oh, they're so bad. What what is this? They're jank ass sort There's of. There's 3D stages in the arcade yeah, one. Yeah, there, there are 3D. I've stages. never heard of this. Oh, Google man. it. It's so Whoa. much. Oh my god. They terrible. They terrible. They're 3D. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, in that same way that OutRun is 3D. They're using scalar technology. I think that's. I think comparing it to OutRun is very, very generous to Greatest 3. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. The 3D is not very good, and I think I even read that, like, they did... Like, the story of Gradius 3 is great, because, like, that game kind of was... Sounds like it was slapped together in about six months, and... All of the stages were created out of order, and the people that created the stages play-tested them once, and then they just threw them all into the game, and that was it. Yeah, there was not a play-test it all at once together no, stage. No, it, it was literally just, throw all your shit in, are you done? Alright, put it in. Yep. Oh my god, I can't believe I've never seen this before. It looks like there's that one Sega game kind of similar to this. Panorama Cotton? No. No, I because mean, that, that's yes, also but very there's another, there's another spaceship one. Okay. Wow. This looks bad. Yeah, it's yeah. Because there are like three of those. There are three of those over the course of uh, a one cc yeah. of Gradius Three Arcade. They're bad. They're so bad. I'm watching what is stage four apparently. Mm. It's just like two sprites, infinitely repeating. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good impression. It's not a good thing to run into. Because before I started playing around seriously with Gradius 3 Arcade, I didn't know those existed. And then it happens, and I'm like, what? Wow. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's sort of. That was a shmup journey that I went on that made me very happy. I think, um, I think my sort of golden three that I feel like I really want to do the 1cc with are um, R Type Ikaruga Rayforce. Because those are the ones that I've just. I've sunk a lot of time into. I know them pretty well. Mm -hmm. I just haven't quite sealed the deal. Our type uh, is real good. Our type is yeah. real good start to finish. I think. I don't really think. Oh, that absolutely. Game, yeah. So like that would be a really good project. I think. Oh, I got real close too. I tried for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I know that game pretty much start to back. I just haven't pulled it together into the single run. Do you know there's an R type final two coming out? I did hear about that, yes. I was like, how are you doing that? There was already a final. It said final in the name, yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> R-Type Final 2. It's like, man, I 100%ed the first game twice. <laughs> yeah, I, I love R-Type, so I, that's, that'll be a nice thing. Um, like that, that inspired Kikai a lot. Is just, I'll be kind of transparently near the end. Oh, um, yeah, right. Did you play Neptunia Shooter yet? Uh, Poncho Smith mentioned uh, that in the chat. I did play it. I died on stage three boss, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was funny seeing, like, five people on our friends list buy that game and, like, only me and Poncho actually play it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll get back to it. I will check it out. Poncho's ragging on. It sounds like people are real mad that it doesn't have continues or lives or anything. It's well, just... it's also, like, eight minutes long, dog. Yeah, it's like, a, it's, it's like, a, what, a $3 game or something? It's five normally, and they priced it at four to start. And it seems decently made for what it is. I mean, it's yeah. just a silly little NEP game that likely spawned from their dumb April Fool's joke. Yeah, like um, a month and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when they did that April Fool's joke, I was like, oh, I should take those sprites and make a quick game with it. Apparently they had the same idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's nice. But I'll, 
that's what I've been saying they should do with that series for a while, though, is just do dumb mini games like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it would be cool if there was the NEP game, like, in one of the RPGs that just had, like, five of those, like, riffs on older games using NEP sprites as part of the... Just to mix the game up a bit. Yeah, like, it would they, be really fun to have those diversions. Because it's just like they... challenge, but with NEP characters? I've thought about that, too, yeah. Half-Minute <laughs> half minute Hero is, like, the perfect venue for them to do to, to make like a very quick 2d rpg that they tend to have in those credit sequences too half minute hero is great they can do that with nip very easily so here's my game idea and polly will begrudgingly regret agree with me on this so there's a uh, retro game challenge you know where you play all these old games and you have to or fake old games mm-hmm mm-hmm there's literally an anime already kind of in that same vein called Sega Hard Girls. Yeah. Just make a Sega Hard Girls game where you play through actual Sega games. I could see it. I could see it. Like, they put that shit in Shenmue, or not Shenmue, <laughs> Shenmue, yes, but also Yakuza. Yeah. Like, they put, like, four old games in Yakuza 2. Is like, oh, this is great. I can play Space Harrier and... They put, like, Virtual Fighter 2 and Virtual On in there. Yeah, that's and the newest nuts. one, like. So it's like just just do a Sega Hard Girls game and like make little challenges to achieve in each of the games. Like I think that would be neat. Like it's right there. Like it's it's right there. It's pure fucking gold. If they don't, yeah. Like like you're just leaving money on the table. I feel like. I mean, they could basically just do it as one of those compilations that they're always releasing. Yeah. Just like here's thirty games, and hey, we put some like achievement stuff in here with these characters to get right on board. Yeah, I, I think the guy like the, the, I don't think Sega even cares about Sega Hard Girls anymore. I know. I think they done like that shit flopped real hard, and they were just. I like, mean, they got that well. game with Neptunia like years afterwards. Yeah, yeah, and that wasn't very good. Uh, it really bummed me Earth out. Leaves in the dream. Actually, you know why it wouldn't work is because they would have to port something besides fucking old Genesis games. <laughs> They would have to actually put some Saturn and Dreamcast games in there to have it make sense. Give me some Burning Ranger challenges. Oh my god, they're never porting that again. Let's have some Knights. <laughs> like, Knights is perfect for little compact challenges. I mean, that's what that game is. <laughs> yeah. Get that Panzer Dragon Saga god. anywhere. That's the problem. It's Saturn emulation and the fact that, oh boy, I bet that shit doesn't scale. Yeah. Oh. Like, I can't imagine what Burning Rangers would look like. Like, yeah, if they tried to, like, <laughs> just HDify it. But they the truth is, like, like, come on, Sega. Like, everybody wants those games. Like, they they want... No, yeah. we want Panzer Dragoon and basically nothing else. Yeah, Panzer Dragoon. And D. We want that D. They want that D. <laughs> Gotta have that D. And that D2. I, that D. I think I have D2 on disc for I, no reason. Yeah, I think I might actually have D2 as well. <laughs> and Enemy Zero. Can't forget that one. I've never actually played any of <laughs> Skies of Arcadia? Where's the HD version of that? Because there's a there's a yeah, perfectly one, fine right. GameCube version of that. If the Jeez. if both if if Grandia one and two can get fucking re releases that are coming out soon, like come on, people. There's <sighs> got there's gotta be some something rights related holding Skies of Arcadia uh from... That one is weird, yeah. If it's because they've ported Dreamcast and GameCube stuff. It's just Saturn in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Saturn in general is just hard to do because Saturn yeah. emulation is... You're emulating, like, three processors, and it's, it's not weird. easy. 
Like, I yeah. think the only reason they did Knights is because it's actually based on the PS2 version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, like, Saturn is just a total dead end. Mm-hmm. I mean, it works smoothly on my computer, is the weird thing. Like, I can play Knights, I can play Radiant Silver Gun, I can play Panzer Dragoon's Zway. I know, I set up a Saturn emulator a while ago, and I, like, used the actual discs, and you just nice. put the disc in, and it just po- boots the game up, and I'm like, oh, this is like... I'm reliving like 14 is- years old! It's like my PC is a Saturn now. That's rad. And it, you know, wasn't upscaling or anything. It's just like, wow, it's pixels. Big as my ass. (laughs) Put that on the back of the box. It's pixels. Big as my ass. Rhett, Soxcast. That's the best thing you've ever I'm said on this podcast. Saying I love that system, I'm saying it does probably doesn't hold up well visually. Because <laughs> PS1 sure doesn't either. Like, let's be honest. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, like if you look at fucking PlayStation games on an HD monitor, oh boy, yeah. you're in for a ride. Everything looks like it's gonna fall apart at any moment because models always have that weird fucking yeah. The whole <laughs> Z axis thing or yeah, d- yeah. doesn't adjust That's for. That's why you play them on your PlayStation Vita. And it's small. small. John, you're the only person that owns one. Won't be anyone else soon. Nope. Because that's discontinued. It done. Good night, sweet prince. May flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. I mean, I wonder how long Limited Run Games is going to be putting out Vita stuff, because there's one coming up. Yeah. They're doing uh, that VN. uh, House of Fata Morgana, Morgana, yeah. It's getting a Vita release. That that shocked me, but I think it's awesome. Will that be accessible outside of the um, the physical version? Yes, they're they're oh, releasing it. They're that re- means I can play. That means I can play House of Autumn Morgana on my PlayStation Vita. Yeah, they said they're going to release it digitally on all fronts as oh, well. Oh, so. that's so nice! But I can never play VNs portably, and that's like ideal. Yeah. Oh yeah, but, like VNs are so fucking like, suitable for for a portable console. Yup, and you can't <laughs> just for the most part. Um. One more thing on my action game journey. I was like, this was so nice. I want to do one more that's not a shmup. And then I just booted up Journey to Silius. Yo! I can love that game. That game's real good. It's real good. I played it to death like two years ago and beat it. Um, And then I was like, I'll beat it in one credit. And then a couple hours later, oh, I beat it in one credit. Nice. Well, let's see if I can push this a little bit harder. (laughs) And then I spent the next day um, trying to beat it in one life. And I did that this morning. And you did it! There's a video yep. on YouTube to prove it. Yep. I watched. I, feel, I was impressed. Thank you. I feel pretty good about that. I cut it real close on level four. Oh, I had like yeah. Half a, half a point there at the end. Yep. Yep. Funny thing about that game is that it's supposed to have more health drops, but the value that determines whether an enemy drops health, it's actually entered incorrectly. Oh, so you do get you do get um, you do get gun energy at the rate you're supposed to, but the health drop rate is actually yeah they mistyped it. (laughs) That explains it because that because it comes very rarely like once a level. Yeah, it's yeah you see a health drop, it's like fucking catching Santa Claus on your roof. What? That makes that makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah. So I was just. Being that, alright, every hit I take, that's just with me for the rest of the six-minute level. Yep. And then there's a couple parts where you can't really avoid damage, as far as I can tell, so you gotta account for that. Yeah. Uh, The the, the enemy placement is really kind of... Like, whoever designed that part was really just fuck the player. Like, we, we we didn't really think that part out too much. We just thought, 
if I put the enemy here, is the chance of it damaging the player 80% or higher? Alright, good. It's staying. Yeah. I, I wanna I did that no damage run of the first level, which was very tricky, because there's a lot of parts where I was like, you have to like hack into the game to mainframe <laughs> to get around damaging enemies. Yeah. To get around taking damage. Um as far as I can tell, that is not feasible for the remaining levels. I, I think it'd be fun to do like a no damage run of just like each video of each level. Mm-hmm. Well, not no damage, low damage, where I just like I avoid all the hits that I know I can consistently avoid because I didn't do that on the playthrough. Right, right, Cause, yeah. Because the thing is, I'll be playing Journey to Silius and I'll be like, all right, how can I dodge this attack? Let me look online. And the, and the answer is you get hit and die, and then you restart <laughs> and have more lives. Like, if you just Google long plays, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, you just get you just get hit there. Or or if you're Googling a speed run, it's, oh, just, oh, it's a damage boost. Okay, damage yeah. boost. sure. I look okay. at the speed run, it's just a lot of... The speed run's enemies. silly. The speed run's silly. It it's, looks real hard. You can, uh, like, another thing about that game is if you, like, if you hit up on the right frame of your run cycle, you actually move one pixel faster as well. Oh, jeez. So you have yep. to, like, hold up and right to move, and if you catch it on the right frame, you'll actually run one pixel faster. <laughs> Games are amazing. And, yeah, yep. yeah, that game's great. And there, like, there are some real great death warps in that game, too, that have to do with jumping one sp- jumping like one pixel to the left or right after you reach a checkpoint for some reason when you die will put you at the next checkpoint oh oh wow it's like what how does what or what is the math behind that <laughs> yeah i'm I mean, probably staying stay, giving that a little bit of a breather of a distance there it's very funny though mm-hmm. yeah right well it's a game where the health value drop rate is typoed so yeah. Don't give yeah. too much credit. It's I mean, even Ocarina good. of Time has warps like that if you hold a bottle in the right frame and then <laughs> walk backwards as the boss is dying and you release the fairy in the, in the door. Yeah. You know, it's trivial stuff that everybody can Just figure anybody, out. Just like, anybody would have bumped into that. Easy yeah. stuff. Like catching you in Pokemon. Exactly. Um, to... The thing I kept coming back to when I first encountered it, played the game, and then ever since, is like, this feels like the hardest, best parts of Mega Man X1, but without all the overpowered weapons. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, the really claustrophobic corridors in the fortress levels. It's oh, just like, yeah. it's just kind of like that, but a whole game. Yeah, and, and like, so enemy it's... patterns that are coming at you are very devious and take mm-hmm. full advantage of that limited mobility that you have. Mm, it just feels like a puzzle game. Like every set piece is like, how do I get around this? And then you have your your. A lot of times you can get around it with the regular weapon. A couple times you'll need to use the special weapon, mm. um, and then sometimes you just take damage. Yeah, sometimes uh, like, fuck it. But but like even then, when I looked up online, and I was like, how do I get past this part? And then they they just take damage, and then I drop a save state there, and I experiment for like five minutes, and then I'd be like, oh, this is how. Like the first boss in the the first boss was that where I I had no. I thought it was just impossible. And oh. I figured out if I just jump in front of the guys with the shotgun in the right way, then I can hit them every single time. Yep. Um, and that felt real good. That that felt real fun to figure out, just like doing sort of challenge runs in Mega Man X was. Um, mm. So I really love Journey to Silius. That's I think that's my favorite Sunsoft joint. Yeah, that that that's pretty high up there. I would say. Yeah, I think that's a pretty acceptable answer. Hmm. I want to dig into the rest at some point. Mostly, I just want to play more action games. Um, kind of intensely like i i'd love to do a one i feel like a one life um clear of castlevania one because that's just one of my favorite action games do it uh, 
it's very doable for me because I know that game pretty well, um, among others. So I just want to keep trying. I like it. I like action games. They're fun. Who who wouldn't ima- you know, who would have imagined that action games are pretty fun? Yep. Uh, was he hadn't put it very nicely? He said a one cc is a way of feeling like you're doing something important without actually doing anything important or yeah. being in danger. Yeah. It, it's just like doing that kind of action, but at like the stakes of, oh, I'll lose a half hour of progress if I die, if I make this mm-hmm. one mistake. So when you finish it, it feels like, oh, oh yeah. Look, man, oh, video games, it. all of them are just roguelikes. That's all it is. That's all yeah. it is. It's just a roguelike. <laughs> you have to start over when you die. There you go. So that, that's been very satisfying for me. Awesome. Um, Rhett! Hi. What have you been up to? Okay, so very quickly, the game that looks like the better version of the Gradius 3 3D stages is Galaxy Force 2. Oh, okay. Okay. I just wanted to correct that, because I'm like, I know there's somebody that did this, but way better. And that was 98, so probably before Gradius 3 did their shitty version. 98? Or 88. 88, gotcha. Yeah. Because it's, you know, around the time of After Run and... Or Afterburner. Afterrun and Outburner. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I played Trails in the Sky second chapter. No, that no game, funny jokes here. That game's pretty good. It's pretty good. Really good. Gives you all I kinds think, of feels. I think that was one of Polly's like number two game of the year, and then I think it was John's game of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you did. Did you do Trails? First, second chapter is your second number two, and then Trails third is your number one. No, my my like I think Trails in the Sky one and two were on the same list the year before, and then yeah. Trails third yeah. was my game of the year last year. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought was that it was number one. So we had one, two, before. and three fully represented last year. Yep. Oh right, that was wild. Yep. Probably won't happen this year. Nah, <laughs> can't imagine it. Can't imagine. <sighs> You know, I've sat here thinking about how to talk about this game for, like, a week, and I don't know, because, like, everything about it is a spoiler. Yeah, it, it's, it's the just, follow-up it's to all the big to... shit that happens yeah. at the end of the first game, and now, yeah. you know... It's more of that. Yeah, it's it's a lot more of that. It's a lot more of just that Falcom doing the thing they do yep. very well. Being and... the best at everything. <laughs> Telling a real good story. Uh, mm-hmm. I understand you were a little disappointed with the difficulty. Uh, yeah. So the thing I always heard about second chapter is like, oh, don't worry, the difficulty picks up from the first game. See, I thought it did. So the, I think everybody seems to agree the prologue is very difficult. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you get you know your the prologue is difficult because you're very limited in your gear because it kind of resets you, especially the orbit stuff. And like you have limited options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you start building your party back together and getting some more ornaments, and then the difficulty just kind of fell off a fucking cliff for me. <laughs> like, that's, that's cr- like, like, it kind of happened the way that way for After 5 as well, because he just mm-hmm. kind of got used to spamming arts all the time and just See, used I wasn't nothing but just air. spamming arts, but like... He just, he got white Gehenna and it was, that was it. <laughs> See, I found that one. I thought they nerfed the shit out of that in this one. Really? That was the one I used constantly in the first game. Yeah, I used like, Hellgate in the first one. I used Hellgate in the first one and yeah. in, De- in Death Screaming too. Yeah, 
those never seemed that great to me. Like, I just had, you know, Chloe doing elemental stuff for, for most of the game. I just think, I, I, just... think I, I think I remember, like, I, I think I like Death Scream a lot because all clones mm. are susceptible to instant death, so I just always use Death uh, Scream. Yeah, that could be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so. I definitely took the heat off on a few of those later boss encounters. Yeah. But, I mean, this isn't a huge knock against the game, I just want to say, but, like, it did kind of take some of the excitement out of that final boss gauntlet when I literally never felt threatened in any way whatsoever. See, that's crazy because everybody I've seen fight that final boss has (laughs) either made the big mistake uh, that you can make in that fight and uh, ignore a very big thing that is kind of sprung up on you as, as an element of a battle that's never been yeah. a point of a battle before. I made before. that big mistake three times, and then I oh died. God. See, I saw After Five make that sta- mistake once, but it happened to two characters, and the two uh-huh. characters he had left, he had to slug <laughs> it out, and, and the boss still had like 27,000 Okay, so now that I know left. which one you're talking about, I saw that and went, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Because the boss was already at like one-fourth health by then, so I'm like, eh. I think I think I know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm fine. And then it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> wow. Even though it happened to my best character. That's crazy. It happened to two of After Five's best characters. Yeah, damage-wise. Be little... Damage-wise. So we had to do, like, 27,000 damage. Yeah, see, I was, like, already under that when it started. I was kind of like, is it just... If I don't win by the time it goes, do I just lose the entire fight? Or just, you know, this one character is going to get hit? And it was the latter, so I'm like, eh, I'm fine. Eh, whatever. Later. <laughs> oh my god, this affects the ending. You have to Rhett's the kind of person that leaves Shadow behind on the floating continent. <laughs> that's probably, that's almost what seemed like what was going to happen. It's like, <laughs> well, it's like Mass Effect 2. The, <laughs> anybody can die during the final boss. Permadeath. Those loyalty missions are so good, and the way that fucking final, the way the yeah, entire the, final mission plays out. The final mission where anybody can die. I got through it with nobody dying! I got, I had one death, and then I never played Mass Effect 3. Yeah, you're fine. You don't ever have to. But the character that died, I was really bummed, because I'm like, their story's gonna pay off in the next game. <laughs> and then they died, and I'm like, well, maybe not so much. So anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just got real good at having, you know, kind of two support characters and two offensive characters and just cruised right through that whole last half of the game. (laughs) That's just like, because there are so many moments in that game that caught me off guard that I wasn't expecting, especially boss fights that made explicit use of status effects and shit that I was just in no way prepared to handle. uh That's so weird. Or they would get lucky and nail all of my characters with it or something. I did have an item that's like resist all status effects on a couple characters by the end. Yeah, they give you you those like candy by the end of that game. Well, I think I only had two, but... uh, There was one fight that I got really lucky on where (laughs) just that fight starts and three characters were immediately killed before I got a turn off. And I still won that fight because of who was left alive. Oh, that's crazy. So I was just like, oh, hmm, that's a bad thing. I don't want to happen again. Luckily, I've got my win button. Boop, I'll revive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chloe's uh, 
She's very good. Her revival S craft is stupidly good. If it's so, the fact that she was the one that didn't die was like, oh, I still have a fucking chance. (laughs) Holy crap! The hardest fight for me, like, not joking at all, was those fucking giant worms. (laughs) Spam earthquake. Yeah, yeah. That's like the only fight to kill me more than twice. Yeah, it killed me a couple of times, and then I was smart and was like, wait a minute, why am I not reading that blurb of text that's there by their info box? Oh, they only do so-and-so when they are under, uh, when they have less than full health. Wait, it literally says that? Yeah, if you have the information quartz, it'll tell you. Oh, okay. I don't use information. Okay. Yeah, well, I did it. I I was about to feel very stupid for not reading that. Well, see, like, that had been my assumption, is that, like, okay, like, the only ones that keep doing it are ones that I have attacked. So I put on mm-hmm. information in the next fight, and it was like, oh, okay, that's what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Tengu Gemini in chat says, I made sure I had the objectively worst character in my final party. She helped out a lot. Yeah, I well, did yeah, too. Rhett, Rhett took if the, we're uh, thinking of who we're talking about, I Rhett, used her too. Rhett brought the Sky Bandit with him as well. And she helped. She got the final hit on the final boss. That's incredible. I think I think she's earned the redemption. She, you know, like yeah, you might have been kind of an asshat in the past, but you did kind of just save the entire fucking country here. Yeah, uh, I think my I think I had the slightly similar experience, which is wild because I still didn't understand the magic for most of the game. <laughs> um, or, like, my hardest fights in all of Trails were the two fights with the really hard guy in FC. Mm. And then and then my hardest boss was that guy in S... Sorry, did I say... I said FC, right? Yeah. Um, and then my hardest fight was that one in SC. And I was like, oh, God, how do I even do this? I don't know. Huh. And then I just remembered that I have that one spell, and then I used it, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I can do this. I think, I think he's susceptible to a specific ailment, too. And then I was like, oh, okay, yeah. We, we got this in the clear. So it was not as hard as it was in FC for me. Yeah, it's like you, cool. there are certain ways that certain bosses can be broken if you know how to exploit them. Like, uh, like Cold Steel One has a real big problem with Impede, and that if you stack Impede, you can literally just if if, if an enemy <laughs> is susceptible to AT delay, you can literally just <sighs> Impede them indefinitely. <laughs> like after five fought the true final boss of Cold Steel One, and it didn't get a turn. Oh man, that's that's a power that's a play. <laughs> that's a- yeah, it's kind of yeah. Impede is stupid in Cold Steel One and Two. Huh? That's actually how I beat um, Romancing Saga Two. But was that you get a move that just gives you an extra turn, and I just used it over and over and over <laughs> and over again, and then I barely ran out of MP right before the end, and then he almost killed me, and then I won, <laughs> and I was like, boy, I this game. Definitely, but in that game. game, you get the only way to win in Saga is to cheat it. Yeah, and then even then, you barely scrape by. Yeah, just like Dark Souls, right? Because everything about Dark Souls is cheap and hard, and you you can yeah. only cheat to beat it. Uh, anyways, so 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 so, so like, yeah. how did that story? So Red hates so Red hates SC because it's too easy. Yeah, let's continue. <laughs> But yeah, how how did the narrative land for you? It's good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it goes real fucking hard after a certain point. Like it's very episodic for its first half. Yeah, 
But then when it hits the go, when it hits go mode, it doesn't stop going. Like fucking binge that shit like harder than anything for like two weekends in a row. Like once I hit chapter five. Like yeah. it's like okay, I think I did like six and seven in the same day or something. Insane. Yeah, you were just fucking full ham on that game, and then it was just like, oh man, like I don't even quite remember everything that happened because I just binged it so hard. And then there's that one, like the very end of eight, mm-hmm. that last hour. Oh man, when, when the everything happens, when <laughs> everything's going down, and I couldn't believe you. Like I literally messaged you guys at like eleven p.m. and then kept messaging you over the next hour and then it was like okay i'm in i'm in like final chapter now wow was that only an hour because everything just happened yeah like that like the end of that chapter is so fucking incredible because literally everything's going down yeah and it's also like one thing that i thought was interesting about fc is that it resolved much more than i thought it would for a game called first chapter Yep. Like, it really largely, almost pretty much entirely resolves the main conflict that that game is about. Yeah, yeah. And then and that. then hits you with the stinger. Yeah. I think the thing about SC, SC they, they kind of sound similar if you they mumble do. them. They really do. <laughs> second cha- So the thing about second chapter is that there's really not that much resolution, I felt like. I, I feel like they take care of the imminent threat but there's there's a lot that's looming and a lot of stuff kind of starts spilling out about the world and the people that are more kind of entrenched in the politics of this world and you start seeing more of that stuff kind of bubble to the surface to real that that, those are kind of your indication like oh this is this is a really big thing that's happening and it's more Mm -hmm. than just just liberal that's part of it yeah Mm -hmm. but there's going to be 10 there's going to be 15 of these that's crazy. Uh, but my thoughts was, like, more that, like, you don't get any... There's no, like, walk around town, talk to every character at the end. You know, no. something yeah. like that. No. There's not a whole lot of falling action, because this game is kind of action right till the very, very end. Yeah, like, it just goes as hard yeah. as it possibly can. I remember when I was so naive, and was like, yeah, I'll probably play the second and not worry about the rest. Huh. And then you get that that's, little bit of yeah. a stinger at the end of SC uh, that's just enough to make you go, what the fuck was that? That's, that's a real good one, especially with the dub on, I will say. Yes. I was just like, what? <laughs> what? What's going but like, on? But like, I think my thought was like, oh, there's not a whole lot of slow character chilling mm. resolution in this one it's like oh because there's apparently like a whole nother game of resolving things i believe yeah that i so. think i would have felt i think i would have felt the same way or i did sort of feel the same way where if there wasn't a third game i would probably feel yeah. kind of disappointed yeah in the sense that this this is plot there's so much plot plot yeah. for the back last like 10 hours of that game like there's a there's a big arc with the main two characters, obviously, that yeah. lands really hard. Like that... There are a bunch of other little arcs, but, like, this is the big JRPG. Mm-hmm. And I think that I was able to really enjoy it as that, mm-hmm. knowing that there was going to be another epi- yeah. a whole epilogue RPG yeah. so that it, I could just is... live with these characters for another 50 hours. 
Yeah, that that's exactly where a third's going to take you. It's gonna it's gonna do its best to kind of take care of mm. most of the concerns you have, kind of mm-hmm. coming out of that story. That's good because yeah, I was kind of like, well, they re- they do the main characters, but there's a whole lot of side characters you care about in that yeah, universe by the end. Le- and they like just kind of get. And my game of the year thing, like that yeah. is a game, like like Trails the Third is a game that really fucking cares about its characters as much as you do, mm-hmm. and it really pays off. Yeah, cool. One thing I was thinking is like, so I assume you can import your save into the third. Mm-hmm. Yup. And there's some stuff that went down for me mm-hmm. in that kind of final dungeon mm-hmm. that can some very wild. Re- uh, deviation, yes. depending on who you bring into the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I I hope they address that. I I literally have no idea, and I you know don't want to know. But yeah, obviously not going to say anything. Yeah, it's just I wonder if that gets addressed or resolved. And because it's like to the point of they'd have to make like two entirely different scenarios mm-hmm. based on if you did the thing or not. Yeah, for a couple characters. So that's interesting. So that's why I was very determined to like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run back to the ship and switch characters again. Thank God for boost mode, making it not take 20 minutes. Just in case. <laughs> yeah, I kept back, back and forth there. Thank you for. Hi, Ballas. Thank you for the subscription, Ballas. Did it just fart? Yep. <laughs> Sigh. Life is good. Uh, I love that it's just gonna ruin every little sweet moment from now on. It's the best. It's the best, really. Boost mode is kind of weird. I do feel like some, it may lessen some of the impact of some stuff. Mm. Oh like, yeah, because when you can just zoom zoom through these dungeons, like if you, especially like the last dungeon, kind of is a big circle. Yeah, <laughs> and just kind of keep going up. So like any like internal anticipation. Is kind of ruined when you can just zoom zoom past everything. Nope. See, I still had that 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 I still yeah. had that like anticipation because the 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 uh, the story was still yeah. holding uh, mm-hmm. very close to that. And I don't I'm know. I don't that, know, J- yeah. Tengu. I don't know why the bits don't fart. I've I've got it set to fart. I don't know why they don't. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like for me, like even if the like that final bit where you're running up the tower kind of like it's boring structure wise like the anticipation of what was actually waiting for me was still mm-hmm. enough to keep me uh still you know, yeah yeah enjoying things and there's there's so much dungeon before that like, oh yeah in that area yeah. it's sort of like e6 where like you have the big long dungeon and then you have the the actual last area is just like a straight shot up with two bosses yeah. um and because they also ended fc with a big three hour maze i was kind of surprised this didn't have the big jrpg dungeon like that mm. did because you kind of expect systems to you know further develop as you go right mm. and i felt like fc did get dramatically more complicated with the sewers at the end are fucking nightmares oh god and yeah. then that last dungeon is just fucking all the dungeon here's, yeah. here's all the doors motherfucker let's see where they go yeah, yeah. i think they the... i think that was a that just read as a very conscious choice for me. Like we want to focus on the narrative momentum here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I so I, like, I felt the same kind of like, well, I, I probably could have done a big maze. I wouldn't have minded a big maze, but also I, I, I get it. Yeah. I uh, I don't know how how to say this. I think 
it would have been nice outside the thing if they had a little thing there like, hey, change your party members here instead yeah. of making you all go the way, all back. The way back. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Because they kind of do that in the first game where they have a moving front, basically. Yeah. It would have. There's a very clear point where they could have had all the characters just chill out for the end game. Yeah, like I think every game past SC actually has a, a way to handle that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it felt like this weird op, this weird thing they forgot to do. Yeah. When it is so fucking critical to change your party members. Yeah. In that last gauntlet, but again, minor complaint and boost mode zoom zoom. I actually say zoom zoom every time I'm using it. <laughs> just picturing you in the in the room, just zoom zoom. <laughs> Fucking cute dork you. Oh, for God's sake! Well, I actually made it faster than the defaults too. So when I'm on the overworld, oh God. I'm just like fucking zooming. <laughs> like, oh, we've got to run between these two towns. Zoom zoom. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> The dumbest thing is early in the games when you get spotted by a monster and they start chasing you. I'll try and hit boost mode to run away faster. Everybody does that! Everybody thinks they're running away faster. It's just this natural instinct. and It always works out in, against your favor because the monster speeds up too and then they hit you from behind. Yeah. and Then, then you're really fucked. Yeah. But, but you get 100% like escape rate in that game. So Yeah, why is that? I have no idea, but I think it's really convenient. It's really convenient in those final dungeons when you're just zooming by everybody. Yeah, and at that point, you're not even using, like, the orbment that allows you to see enemies from a distance. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And then you get the no-encounters orbment anyway. Oh, I mean, I use that, like, in Chapter 8, because there's a lot of running around. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But towards the end, it's like, well, if I get into a fight, I do want this experience, and then... Because I've got to completely clown this last boss by being level 90. (laughs) I've got the video to prove it this time. This final boss, the final boss in that first game, you were both there fucking right. Oh, you were. Yeah, you were getting destroyed pretty hard. Felt pretty bad for you. So this time I was locked in. I was like, I am keeping these earth walls up. I am keeping these heals going. And every character contributed. And then... (laughs) The final boss just seems to have, like, you know, keeps doing, like, defense down stuff. So, like, everybody was doing a lot of damage, which really surprised me. Yeah, yeah. Like, characters that have previously been hitting for one damage are doing four digits now, and it's like, oh, it's nice. Yeah. Because this boss, like, has zero defense, just in case. (laughs) And, like, 150,000 HP or something. Something yeah, it's high. it's pretty high. It's pretty high, but but, like, but it's one of those bosses where it, it's like the Lavos core where it shuts off its defense. Yeah. yeah. The um, like Chrono Trigger. Sorry, Chrono Trigger specifically definitely was something on my mind during these final bosses, just background wise. Yeah. Like, oh, we're having all the light show right now. Yeah. Yeah, we're busting out all of the aesthetic for these final bosses. And then, God, that game yeah, is hard. It's like. Oh, this is definitely the final boss because of the music, and then there's another definitely the final boss after that. <laughs> okay, yep. St- okay, yeah. This music. Okay, yep. That's I a very that, good final boss track. I had that music occur- come to me in a dream. <laughs> I heard it. Oh, like the wow. very final boss one. 
but like I didn't know the name of it. So in the in the dream, the name of it was Waikahena, which isn't actually the name of the song. No, but <laughs> dreams are fucking wild. But that's. that's but then I don't crazy. I don't know how to Google like the song before that. Like, what's the name of the final boss music? No, not the final final one. The final one. Yeah, <laughs> there's a nice playlist on YouTube that's just battle okay. music from Trails. Yeah, and then I and it moves that. linearly, so I don't see spoilers from oh, the later nice. games. So I was able to find it that way. Like, let's just move through each of these and find which one is the right one. Yeah. There it is. Cool. Oh, okay. I'd forgotten about the FC Final Boss, too. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that fucking thing. I was so close to one shot for not, you know, doing it on the first try. Uh, and then it was at, like, 8,000 HP left and then, bonk. That, like, Polly went to the bathroom and it did, like, the big ultra move on a crit. Oh, yeah. right! I came back and you were dead! And it did, like, 8,000 damage to everybody. Oh, that was so good. Uh, and then I just tilted and lost, like, three more times and then finally got it. <laughs> that, did not ha- that did not happen on the SC final boss. I never felt in danger. <laughs> Even when I was bringing lower party members to those fights on the tower. That's really... I just, I just went, fuck this, I'll bring them in at level 60 and still did fine. That's <laughs> nuts. Even with, like, confusion landing, like, every two hits was fine. Because some, was... fi- some of those final boss fights really That one was pretty hard, up. but I still... Yeah. The only one I prepped for was knowing death blow was coming. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, when you know that's coming, like, I knew I knew to put on an instant death accessory. But then there's, like, another fun trick in the middle of that fight that I didn't know was coming. I was like, you motherfucker! Yeah, that one got me. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, this might be challenging. Uh, revives are such bullshit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that in um in FC the big hard boss heals himself mm-hmm. in both form in both fights, and they don't really use that gimmick as much in S in second chapter. No, um, and that's the one that'll really get, that one will get you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So I will play third in a few months after Mario Maker or something. I don't know. Yeah. So I will win. Because I'm up to, I'm already up to chapter four. Yeah, you. I am, well, I am you started it before I finished this one because you like couldn't stand being behind. <laughs> no, I, no, it's because you were playing the game and enjoying yeah, it so much. It made me want to play Trails, and because I couldn't stand being behind. <laughs> <laughs> so I started third before you finished second chapter. So I was always, I have always been ahead. Just, just you know, not that if, it matters. If I had binged third all this weekend, I could have possibly gotten ahead of you while you were playing action games. That would have been pretty fun. Well, John was playing third all weekend. Like, oh yeah, he started on Friday, and yeah, he's been posting in another DM conversation, uh, and yeah. he's been talking about it quite a bit. See, I'm be- I I'm being left out now. Oh, that's true. You'll get you'll get to contribute on this. I we'll know. all be there for the last. I'll be able to be there for the last one. If it that's what I was thinking. It was one of us was gonna get kicked out because I'm like. Uh, it's going to be weird when I have to kick John out of this for when I play third. <laughs> I'd understand. Oh, man. Yeah, that well, Ballas, if you want to be involved, you, you follow us on Twitter, you dingbat. Yeah, let us know. God. And also, I played. I also played Ease 8 like a couple months ago. These games are real good, y'all. Falcom's kind of real good at making oh, yeah. the video game things. Yup. I, th- I think I may be playing Ease 8 soon. Yeah, Rhett's going to be playing Ease 8 wink, soon. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that's what I did was I beat Trails SC and then I played E6 and E8 and I was like, yes. Yes, these are also I very good. I played 6 and 7. Oh. You skipped, skipper. I you skipped. cheated the game and yourself. <laughs> Damn. That was even quoted in chat earlier. Yep. That's what made me think of it. It's called a reference. Damn. Damn. Yeah, I don't think I need to talk about third. It's it's very, very good so far. Oh. No, <laughs> okay. yeah, you have to talk about third at some point, John. I know. Oh, no, I'm saying that I, I'm going to finish it, and then yeah. we'll talk about it. You know, a very evasively. Mute my headphones and go la 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 la. Yeah, like, like the thing with third is that I had no idea what the structure of the game See, would be. I don't know what it, it is either, and I'm so close to playing it. Like, yeah, like I had no idea what it would be. I'm not going to say anything that would hint yeah. as to what it was. I didn't know where where it would be, and then the answer is very pleasing. <laughs> it's refreshingly me. different. Yes, it's All very I... pleasing. The only thing I've ever heard is, like, side quest the game. So I don't know what that means. Like, I literally see that game as being, like, I picking think that's chapters a, from I a think menu. That, I think that's a terrible uh, explanation of what that game really? is. Really? Because I could have yeah. sworn it from you or Chelsea. <laughs> but I don't think the side, side quests are important in that. Like, the optional content is very important. Yeah, the like, the that's optional true. content is, is, one, easy to do and easy to find, and two, very mandatory if you want everything out of the story. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's side quests the game because the the side quests are the important part, basically. I think kind that's of, fair, or at least so far. Like, you'll you'll getting... see when you get in game what yeah, it's doing. Yeah, what's so weird is because I have no idea how it's structured. It's because it's obviously not like Witcher Three or something where it's, or maybe it is. I don't know because that's the other game that's also side quest the game. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's... It, it, there's just a point like four hours in where I was like, oh, oh. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm here for this. Okay, all right, cool. Like, for some reason, my mental image of that game is just picking characters from the previous game off of list. Like, it's, uh, what's that saga game on PS1? <laughs> oh, so Frontier. Just, Saga Frontier. So you just have, like, eight characters, and it's just like, oh, let's do Josette's chapter now, and oh, let's do uh, Kevin's chapter. Like, that's how I see that game working, even though I'm probably, like, not 100% wrong. Well, I'm not going to say I don't think say. we should say anything. I'm not saying I know, that's what's way. so funny. I have no idea what to expect from that thing, besides okay. the feels, apparently. Oh, oh God. God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That game's yeah. got feels for days. I, I really struggled to not start that this weekend, but <sighs> I really thought I might burn out if I did. Yeah, that was probably yeah. was. Like, even though third is much more brisk than... Uh, Second chapter. SC, it's still a pretty chunky commitment. Yeah. But it again, like, I am on chapter yeah. four now. The chapters and I in this game seem to keep day. getting shorter. Yeah. Uh, the ch- that was FC. Yeah, FCs are super long, and then SCs are shorter, but there's like twice as many. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know how <laughs> many there are. So I'm excited. Oh, that's good. I, yeah, the fact that. I thought I was like, oh, looking at the notebook, I'm on the final chapter, and then there was one more. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I, I thought for sure it was eight chapters. Sorry. <laughs> I already mentioned chapter eight anyway. So. Okay, yeah. I thought for sure that was it. And then, oh, okay. Alrighty. Alrighty. So, all yeah. This, all the stuff is happening. <laughs> poor poor um, Polly and Chelsea and me talked in the DMs like, man, other stories. Going to other stories after Trails, huh? <laughs> feels real weird. Kind of like, oh, 
Yeah. Because oh. uh, my my thinking was like oh, there there's yeah. stuff that's like as fun and well crafted, I think, but then it doesn't have the really warm, nice worldview. Yeah. And then there's stuff with the warm, nice worldview, but it's not as fun in anime. Yeah. So like Trails is just like this very good balance that makes me very yeah. happy. I definitely agree with you about having that warm kind of worldview. It's like somewhere in that series I realized like no one's gonna be really truly irredeemably evil in the series, I think. Even though okay, there actually was one guy. <laughs> But one general, guy well, like, one guy's been pretty fucking awful so far, I think. Yeah. But it's more like this it's not a series that goes for like grim dark or shock value or yeah, like this killing isn't trying characters to shock off. Yeah. yeah. It's not going for cheap heat. Yeah, definitely not. And nope. I think that's appreciated. Yeah, it this one, made me like kind of think about how like, okay, you can create really good dramatic stories that don't like don't kill off but, people every two seconds or whatever. Or do other things. I'm thinking of Sword Art Online now. It's like the exact opposite way of building tension. <laughs> One thing I noticed actually towards the end of this game is that... So I played with the Japanese dub from the Evolution versions. Mm-hmm. And you start to see maybe a little bit more towards the end. Like if you know a little bit of Japanese, like, oh... They're really punching up Estelle's dialogue, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that makes me a little worried about well, future it's, translations it's... that aren't done by X-Seed. Yeah. Well, the X-Seed people, they moved over to yeah. Lisa, and they're doing Cold Steel 3, so... They're good. That I series mean, is in good hands, and I think yeah. that it's smart of them to have realized why that series is so yeah. beloved here, and why X-Seed's translations are revered mm-hmm. as they are. Because there's just so many little moments, though, of, like, characters saying something, saying like, saying, like, a name in Japanese, but then the English will be, like, that's right, or dot, 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 or, like, doing the opposite. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Just little corrections. But then there's the big ones where it's, like, I'm pretty, hey, I'm pretty sure when Estelle says Nani Sore, that doesn't translate to my whole butt. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my whole butt? pretty funny it's a real fucking funny line real like, time fucking for fun. ultra violence <laughs> yeah like the way they punch up the dialogue it gives yeah. everybody character like characters yeah. like olivier and and estelle oh my god yeah he is they amazing. fucking shine in this script yeah but like estelle especially starts to veer maybe a little bit towards neptune <laughs> There, she in, has in her, her moments. In her goofier moments, yeah. She has her moments, but they're, I still think yeah. they're re- they really fit her, though. Definitely. I, I will definitely take that over, you know, a very literal translation where characters are just mm-hmm. talking much stiffer than they do. Yeah, in... like the, the, the uh, translations that I played for Zero and Owl. I was about to say. Yeah, like, that's, that's probably, when I say upcoming from... games... I'm also talking about those, like the fan translator ones. Like, not to shit on work that people have done for free, obviously, yeah, but obviously, like, obviously, yeah, like it's these translations are so good. <laughs> yeah, and I know that they they've been working to kind of do a re-release of those to punch them up as you know to the best of their abilities. Yeah. So, because it's just such a difficult thing, I'm sure, to do of like when to cross that line of like contextualized stuff as an English speaker would say it instead of yeah. You know, doing a very literal Japanese translation that can be kind of dry. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I'm excited for every Trails game. <laughs> and, it's, and it's still going. Like, this is something that we just get to be excited about for the fu- foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah, it's still, think, cool. still going. There's still probably at least two or three more games left in the current universe, <sighs> so... Yeah. So Cold Steel Four is not the end. Like, no. it's weird talking about that because you don't want to be spoiled. But oh my god, it's not the end. Okay. No, it's yeah, not no, the end. Like, it's not the end of the series. Right? It's sort of where a lot of things, a, a lot of the big stuff, does come to light. It's the end of the Cold Steel sub franchise. It's the end of the Cold Steel sub franchise, which is also still very intertwined with the Sky and the the Crossbell games. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. there's just there's bleed over from everything. Yeah. It's the they said that was like sixty percent at the end. Oh of the my work. god! So I, I think that's six, I think that sixty percent number may be a little like I don't know. Okay. I think they may be fudging that a little bit. I've definitely seen people being like, "How the fuck do you still have more to say after four hundred hour RPGs?" <laughs> like specifically about the Cold Steel games. Yeah. Uh, like seriously, guys. Well, when, you're, when you're the dealing with an just... entire world and those four games only focus on one part of it, like I still think, that, yeah, yeah you, you're going to have more to say. Yeah, I think it's like a George Herm Harton or whatnot will write all these books and not finish them or do anything with, with like Falcom because like okay. FC feels complete in its own little way, and then yeah. second chapter builds on that, a third builds on that. Um, it's constantly introducing characters and taking them on these beautiful complete journeys um like that's the kind of if you just keep doing that for every game and making every game like Mm -hmm. a complete arc unto itself and every saga a larger complete arc unto itself within the larger (laughs) largest arc um then as far as like you keep going for as long as you want (laughs) as far as i'm concerned yeah i have a question for polly but it's also hard to not ask for spoilers okay i'll try if i can't if i can't answer it without spoiling i'll just say i can't yeah okay and the way that the first game first chapter kind of completes an arc Mm -hmm. do you think that owl completes an arc yes okay okay that's all i wanted to know okay because i know you were kind of cold on that game and then you liked zero i was cold on zero i was cold on zero zero Zero. oh wait and owl is fucking incredible okay does zero complete an arc um yes. Yes. Okay. Zero does oh. complete an arc. Okay. It seems uh, like Zero is probably gonna be a little bit like FC where it's a lot of it's a little bit boring when you're not already invested yeah. kind of. Or or well the reason like like I've played Cold Steel, so a mm-hmm. lot of the events yeah. that happen in the Crossbell games are already referenced in Cold Steel. So I knew like 80% of what was going to happen in Zero. Yeah. That's why yeah. that game was boring to me. But I didn't know like, the stuff that they didn't spoil was mostly from Owl. They don't really spoil it directly so that you know exactly what's happening over there. You just know mm. some raunchy and crazy shit's <laughs> going down. And, raunchy? Uh, yeah, it's raunchy, dude. Full-on orgies in the streets. <laughs> That's not this series. Olivia and Joshua are finally consummating the... Oh, jeez. <laughs> About fucking time. God, I'm really excited about Trails. I'm really excited about Falcom. You're going to get off of this podcast <laughs> and you're going to go play more a third. Probably. Hey, Red, there is one more thing that kind of matches a lot of that warmth that doesn't make me wish I was playing Trails. It was Ease 8. Oh, cool. Well, it's real go. good. Yeah, it's kind of weird when you said at the start, like, 
that second chapter is more Falcom doing what Falcom does best. And I'm like, no, it's like the total opposite of these games for me. <laughs> Those are, for me, just always nice, fun, tight action games without mm. a whole lot of story. Whereas this game is all the story. Yeah, I think how you define Falcom kind of deter- is determined by what your flavor of uh, Falcom is. Yeah. Like, but if you're like into East the East games is... more... But, like, East 8 kind of, like, is brought those two bridge. flavors together. Yeah. Where I'm excited about the story and the action in that yeah. game. Yeah, all parts of that game are just super good. Well, does, does it make sense how I finished Trails SC and I was sort of, like... And thinking back to, like, playing Ease 2 ages ago, and then, like, being able to draw a line of, okay, this was the eight-hour action game short story version of a lot of these concepts, and I can mm. see how you have grown oh. this over time. I mean, like, yeah, Ark of Napishtim definitely feels like a prototype to some yeah. of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I played, later. When, I played, when I played E6, it was like, oh, this is, like, this is the ten-hour short story version yeah. of... That and then you draw a straight line from East Two to Ark of Napishtim, um, and like Tom said, he's one. Like, it's a lot of it's there. Like you, you just see it yeah. grow and grow and grow. Yeah, they're a very iterative company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like everything they do is very iterative, and I think that that's mm-hmm. sort of like yeah. why they've never kind of drowned themselves out of the marketplace or buried themselves under budgets is that they iterate constantly on everything they do rather than having to start from scratch the, uh, like every time yeah like I'm really interested in the re- in the older games as well like the pre um, trails games mm-hmm. uh, just as like I want to keep seeing how this arc sort of grew mm-hmm. I want to play uh, the remaining ease games I haven't played um, the ones in between six and eight oh. <laughs> quite a few of them um, there's so many Falcom games. I, I'm really excited. Do, has it, do we know anyone that's dabbled in the um, Legend of Heroes three through five PSP games? Um, oh. my only shot would either be Tengu or Ballas, uh, hmm. maybe, and I don't know for sure. Okay, because that does not. Yeah. Seem, the PC ninety eight ones are so pretty, but I don't. We cannot play those. So no. Yeah. I watched some Trails recap video, and at the very start, it's like, okay, so. Trails in the Sky is actually Legend of Heroes 6, which was a spinoff of Dragon Slayer, which was a spinoff of something else 6. I'm like, what? Man, this series got weird. Yeah, but, but, but like the Trails series like, itself. Chronologies like when, are crazy. Yeah, like when Trails in the Sky came, it was just like, this is a whole new world. Like, just yeah. forget everything you know about everything before. This is the starting yeah. over point. Have you played Legend of Heroes 1 on the PS on the Turbo Graphics, Rhett? If you haven't, you, you can't really appreciate Jesus. Trails. <laughs> No, I have to play Dragon Slayer one through five first. <laughs> Clearly, if you you, ha- you really can't appreciate Trails in the Skies unless you've played Legacy of the Wizard all the way through, without looking oh, at maps God, online. I forgot that that was actually connected. That is Dragon Slayer four, yeah. Yep. Oh my God! So this connect this series directly connects to my childhood. Yep. Yep. Which was running around that game as the monster that's invincible and being like, "What the fuck? This is- <laughs> what do I do?" You were just I like mean, you were just zoom zoom. All around the place. Zoom, zoom. <laughs> I mean, that game, that is, what am I supposed to do with the game? Yeah, like, it's, 200, it's 256 screens. I know that much, so. Yeah. I looked at the world map, it's very, the whole map, it's very it's pretty. It's very pretty and cool, but, like, it doesn't tell you, like, literally anything on what to, you have to, like, go to very specific screens with specific characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my end game of, if I want to get, getting good at, like, I talked about getting good at action games, and then on the side, I want to oh. get good at, esoteric bullshit oh, exploration God. games 
And that's my... That is my... I don't think fun. you can get good at random, though. Yeah, you, you just have to build up the... Um, build up the... The patience, the ability oh, to put up with weird esoteric bullshit. Like, I beat um, Zillion. Like, that's a very approachable little thing that still, like, has its fair share of, like, you have to map it out manually, you gotta do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I beat that legit, and I have my own little map. And so that was like, alright, this is one step closer to Legacy of the Wizards. This, this one just seems on such a different level, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and I know when you play through old JRPGs, you tend to look at maps and stuff, like even Fantasy Star Two. No, no, Fantasy Star Two is a, is its own thing. Well. Where I played that game, and I was like, I want to be ready for four, and I played this game a lot, but I, but it seems really hard, and I don't want to actually play yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just gonna cheat. That's why you use maps in Fantasy Star Two. And then I had a bad That's time. Like, having this patience is so hard with older games. Yeah, I, I'm getting better and, at it. With and things Legacy like, of the okay. Wizard is like one of the I can't imagine. Yeah. Like I don't know how they did that Game Center CX episode without just telling him exactly where to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantasy Star I'm, Online, Fantasy Star Two was where I was like, okay, this is a shitty, boring <laughs> way to play these kind of games. I don't want to do this again. So. That's why I'm not going to just jump in. I'm going to wait until I'm ready. Mm. Like with Ketsui. Good. <laughs> Legacy of the Wizard is Ketsui of esoteric bullshit. <laughs> there you go. We we've, we've we've drawn the line. We've we've completed it. Like <laughs> Nobody understands game theory the way we do, okay? Tell your friends. Oh, absolutely. We're the, we're the smartest we're the real and the best game everyone else. We no are the real game about. theorists. Oh, I was like what other major series was a spinoff another of another one like Legends of Heroes? And I'm like, oh right, Persona, duh. <laughs> You've really got to play all the Shinigami Tensei games before you can play Persona Five. Yeah. <laughs> I literally heard somebody say. I mean, I may have told this already, but I heard somebody say the first one in reference to Persona Three. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've 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 definitely heard heard that quite a few times. I just they they were literally like you know the first Persona game, <laughs> and I'm like. What what you you're talking about three now though? Is that three right in the name? Yeah, it's like P three. Like come on, three four five. Oh, the trilogy. Yeah, I love Final Fantasy X. <laughs> oh. Okay. Anyways, Polly, what did, you been up to? I I had a whole bunch of shit, and I'll I'll just burn through a couple okay. of them here because, Lordy, we've been going a while already. Well, we talked about trails. Like, yeah, I, like John says, he's not gonna. I think, Fal- so I think Falcom is. I think Falcom is a good thing to kind of jump the yeah. you know, jump the tra- jump the tracks on, and you know we've kinda... never never really given them love on this podcast. So nah, never. They've never. It's not like they were completely represented on our game of the year <laughs> list last year or anything. Oh my god! If I play Ezeit, I could have them twice on my list. That's crazy. That'll be a first because I've generally been kind of the tempered one on them. Yep. But I think this is the year it kind of has to happen. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see once you once you play East Eight and Name and, and Ten better. Baba's you. Uh, well, there you go. That's that's, that's good. number one. There you go. Baba is win. Baba is win. <laughs> Baba is G O T Y. Baba's goatee. <laughs> All right, gift. real quick, okay, so, All right, real quick. I played through Devil May Cry three. Nice. You guys remember that oh, yeah. hot game from like 2006, I think? 2005? Oh god, don't list the years. We'll just feel old. 
No, that game's all red. That game's always existed, as far as I can tell. Like, yeah. There, there's there's never been a time where there wasn't at least three Devil May Cry games. Yeah. <laughs> three well, specifically, wait, though. But there's no second game, so <laughs> there is no second game. L- like Fantasy Star, it goes one, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> wait, Strike no. that. That's no. One, two, it goes one, two, four. <laughs> Uh, Fantasy Star goes one four online. Damn! If you're gonna, I think two I still think gets one is that much better than two. Like, whatever. I can respect one though for being the first. Uh-huh. Two's just bad. <laughs> Anyways, ooh, ooh, that hot takes coming out. Hot takes. It was me. At the beginning, it, was it wasn't along. John. It wasn't John in the picture. <laughs> uh yeah I, I just like uh we'll see i'm playing another really long kind of mm-hmm. slow game and i need something in the middle to break that up though so i was just yeah. like i haven't played devil may cry 3 in years so i picked that back up i played through the uh the janky steam version that's not the hd Ooh, collection that fucking mm-hmm. pc version everyone tells nightmares about it's pretty bad uh, I had to do, I think, like, how, how big was it? I think it was like a 400 meg. I had to download 400 megs of various wow. ways to patch the game. And this isn't just like one fix. This is an assortment of fixes that will get you started. So you can, at least, just, so you can at least just play the game it. and it's stable. So is this like, this is definitely from the era of that Resident Evil 4 PC port. Yeah. Except that got ported again. Yeah. And this never did. Yeah. But people have just found a way to make do, apparently. Well, I mean, it's on the HD collection now, which is on PC, so... Oh. oh but I don't okay. have that. But you're just... You are playing the original. Yeah, yeah <laughs> okay. um, uh, our good friend... I, I, I didn't think, know it. I think Lyra on uh, Twitter sent this to me, like, mm-hmm. God... I want to say three or four years ago on Steam, and I was just like, I, "Okay, I'll, I'll get around the planet," you know. I'm just, so I fixed it up, got it going, and yeah, I've been playing mostly on par with the PS2 version. There's still some really weird jank that, just like I don't, yeah, like models kind of not loading properly, or maybe a bit of scenery or two's missing, or jeez, <sighs> yeah, it's kind of a it was, but it wasn't enough of a train wreck that I couldn't play the game and it still be really fucking on point as one of the best kind of character action games like ever made um i played through this time using uh mostly the royal guard stance which is the hardest stance to kind of learn to use because it's focused mostly on parrying so so i had to get real good at learning (laughs) the timing of enemy attacks in this game and boy oh boy Uh like I used to think that game had some great tells for when enemies were attacking until the only way I could really defend myself was parrying a lot. And I was like, well, okay. Maybe they could have used a few more extra frames of wind-up on that attack. (laughs) Maybe. Um, Sounds like somebody's practicing for Sekiro. Oh, yeah. You you totally see me playing that, buddy. Exactly the same of, boy, these attacks sure come out in like two frames. Yeah, yeah, but 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 Devil May Cry three is fun, and when enemies yeah. hit me, they don't do five hundred million damage and kill me in two. <laughs> that's <hits>. too. <laughs> Mostly, there are a few. Yeah, exceptions. just play on 
Dante Must Die, and then you get the real Sekiro experience. Ooh, uh, well, I've beat Dante Must Die on the yeah, but, before. but trying to do parries, but not Royal Guard. No, I use yeah. I use Swordmaster and Trickster for that one, but um, but yeah, like that's just like. I still, like, I, I, I blazed through it in about seven hours. Like, if you've played Jeez. that game, like, you know, you know, well, you already know where to go. You know what to do. Like, I still remember a lot of the game. That and I saw um, our friend uh, Revan stream it uh, a couple you weeks ago. You bring the ago. monster here, and then you bring the mom to this plate, to this specific <laughs> tile in this part of the map, and then that's how you get past it. If once you know it. It's easy once you know it. Easy. Is this, is this one of those references we don't get? I think it is. I was, I was going back to Legacy of the Wizard. It was a callback. That's, oh, jeez. Yeah. It was Minor, a callback within the episode. Damn. Let's well, take like a literal five-minute callback, and we completely botched it. No, no. That was on me. I, I, all right. Let's put that one. Put that one in the trash. Continue. Uh, yeah, but like playing this game, I kind of realized that there's some really smart gameplay decisions that I'd never noticed before. Where, like, if an enemy is off-screen, they won't attack you. Which, that was kind of... all? Cool. Like, they, they'll, they, they obviously work their way to get on-screen, mm. but if they are off-screen, they will not start up an attack. Interesting. So if you kind of, like, park yourself facing a corner <laughs> while beating up another enemy that's in the corner, if the enemies can't, like, accurately get behind you... And within a reasonable view, they won't start attacking. So I was like, I never noticed that before until I started having to actually play the game in a more defensive manner and be way more concerned about my health. So mm-hmm. like that was that was pretty cool to kind of find out. Like I don't know, ten mm-hmm. years later, <laughs> this was like, oh wait, no, this game wasn't just slapped yeah. together. Who knew? Um, I've definitely heard of games doing that because it feels real bad when shit starts attacking you from behind. Yeah, yeah. and you have no way of knowing yeah. it's happening. Because yeah. I think I think I saw that the new God of War also has enemies, you know, really hang back if they're out of view because the camera is so close in that one. It's also got mm-hmm. indicators that appear. Yeah. Like, there's... Or if an enemy is attacking, like, there'll be, like, a red yeah. arrow kind of thing, so... Because mm-hmm. there's one game that definitely doesn't have enemies hold back, which is Hellblade... Senua's Sacrifice, kind of, yep. Yeah, which is very designed around enemies getting behind you and you having to have that situational awareness. But Devil May Cry is not that game. So no, no, no. Like, it's like, cool that they... Like, Devil May they, Cry 3 is a very technical game. Like, yeah. there's there's a lot of very... There, there's a lot of depth to its combat in terms of, like, your, your attack timing, like, deflecting enemy attacks and shit like that. And it's just, like, it's a game mm-hmm. that, like, gives no fucks if you're tutorialized at all, it gives, like, this is a game oh. that, like, when you start out, it's really, it's already ready to kick your ass. Like, <laughs> okay. the fir- like the only gimme mission in this game is the first one. And then after that, like, when you get the mission two, fucking the kid gloves are off. Like, that's it. Like, the game does not give any fucks about, like, it, it, its method of teaching you is just making you do. <laughs> and I really, like, respect that. Um... Just because, like, I had played Devil May Cry 1 and 2 before, like, even back in the day, like, when I first got this game. And, yeah, I beat my ass, but I still pretty much knew what I was doing because mm-hmm. I'd had that experience. And I appreciated the fact that this game didn't slow down to literally tell me how to perform every fucking action in the game and shit. Like, that's really smart shit. Um, but if you want to, is there a menu you could, you could pause and look up the move list? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like your your actions and stuff. You can like, like I'm pretty sure, up. like you can look at yeah. that list between missions and stuff. So, pretty much every game like this has that. 
Yeah. Like, Bayonetta, I know, mm-hmm. gives you that move list and, like, even, like, Darksiders. Yeah. Which is just a whole bunch of XXXX. Yeah, Darksiders is just, yeah, XXXX. Okay, what's this next attack? Oh, it's five times X. All right. X hold XX, XXX. Yeah. X hold. Boss fights in Devil May Cry 3 are amazing. Like, I absolutely cool. just, like, I had a ball. There's only, like, one or two bosses in that game that I think are just complete trash just because we're trying to do something that we've never really tried to do before, and we didn't quite nail the execution, but we put too much money in it to not include it, so we're including it. Like, there's a giant worm boss that flies around that doesn't really work with the mechanics of the way Dante moves like it just feels really awful with those fixed camera angles and you having to track it through like six different fucking camera angles yeah it doesn't but, feel but, real good but also you've said giant worm so now John is on board yeah John <laughs> I thought John had already played DMC3 I wasn't sure I haven't played any DMCs I played Bayonetta oh. I'm really excited about it I'm really excited for DMC1 too yeah DMC1 is still pretty good yeah, it's rough like, around I, the I, edges. It's definitely it definitely shows its signs of being a Resident Evil game before it was a de- before it was Devil I mean, May Cry. That's the thing. I played Bayonetta and I played Resident Evil Two. So now I need. <laughs> so you're to pretty much ready. Link. Yeah, I want to play Devil May Cry One. I want to play Devil May Cry Three. Yeah, the funny thing I was thing... always going to mention. Speaking of series that are spinoffs from other ones, like how Devil May Cry is kind of a Resident Evil spinoff. Yeah, yep. like the first game really. Really feels like it too. Just that's it's, so it's weird. I'm excited about like, its entire it's structure, cool. even though it's still broken up into missions and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, just your progression through that game is very Resident Evil. The way the camera angles are used is yeah. very Resident Evil. Like, you can tell that they kind of had to bolt this onto something that already existed, and we just kind of did the best we weird. could to make the best game we could. And it, despite the fact that it's kind of flawed, we we still made it work. The only one I've played is four, and even then, like, I was like, this kind of feels like some Resident Evil yeah. stuff with like the fixed camera angles in you a lot can of still places. Feel that DNA, and, yeah. and I, I think that they didn't really get away from those fixed camera angles, one hundred percent, because you can still like, because even in Devil May Cry three, you can still like move the camera yeah. with the right stick, and in Devil May Cry four, you can as well. But that didn't really become like a full time feature until DMC. Um, mm. Yeah, then I played DMC and it's just like, oh, this is totally different now. This just feels like modern action games. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the boss fights are amazing. Uh, the thing I remember about, like, when this game came out is, like, these two games came out, like, like the, uh, Devil May Cry 3 and God of War 1 came out within, like, the mm. same week. And, like, if <laughs> really? you went, and if you went to game FAQs, it was just literally a oh, trash no. fire on both both sides of just like oh my god like these games aren't oh, even I, comparable I can, see those, I can see those conversations in my mind though of the DMC fans being like oh god of war is the baby game yeah it literally was <laughs> that like anybody yeah. play anybody that played and enjoyed god of war was a baby and like they couldn't the god they of war people being like oh the DMC fans are such elitist yeah yeah yeah, it's basically that, and that would probably be the same kind of reactions you go if you see it today. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if those arguments are still going on for people that is, now discovering those <laughs> games. That is a hell of a week, though, for action, action game games. fans. Yeah, I was pretty stoked, even though I just did not like God of War when I first played it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I hated that game. 
I mean, it's what it's basically why press space to win spawned. Yeah. Yep. Everyone has always been so confused by that message at the end of that game. You can literally just mash fucking square and win. Press square to win. Yeah, everybody. But yeah, like, but you know, obviously, I I do like that first God of War game now because I I revisited it a few years ago. Uh, but, I did. I did how write do you feel on... about God of War? 2019 or 2018 I haven't played it yet I know I'm going to though because I'm, I'm, I'm play, very stoked I, for that cool I don't know I if I play should, the original God of War more I don't know <laughs> if I should play two and three or just go ahead and jump into the new one or not have you no. only played the first one yeah I've only played the first one oh uh, that's kind of funny like I, right, ha- right. I have five God of War games <laughs> I have one two and th- well, I have a collection like the collection that I got oh. 20 bucks I got God of War 1, 2, and 3, and two PSP games remastered for PS3. 20 bucks! And there's a lot of them, because I was like, oh, 1, 2, 3, Ascension, which you don't have, so no, there's actually another one. I don't want Ascension. That game sounds real bad. That's, that's the one I played a bit of, and I, <laughs> I, I bailed. Yeah, that was the one that would just, like, even hardcore fans were just kind of like, yeah, this is a fucking cash grab. I mean, it was fun seeing the PS3 do some impressive stuff, but, like... Yeah. Probably not actually as impressive as God of War 3, apparently. Yeah, God of War 3 is, like, lovingly handcrafted top yeah. to bottom, so... Yeah, I think um, I, I watched my brother play a bunch of those games. Like, he was really into them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think you can see where the first game is kind of doing some stuff with the story. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like the second and third games mm. kind of get a lot dumber to me. Is yeah. sort of my impression. So I, I think you'd probably be okay skipping to the new one. Yeah. Like, I might at least kind of, like, throw them, throw each one of them like in for, for a couple hours to kind of, like, you know, just see, like, what's the story doing? Like, what's, our, what's our angry boy doing in this game? He's killing people. That's the story. Oh, look, he's angry. He's going to punch this person, and their face is going to become meatloaf <laughs> right on screen while I have to watch. Great! Oh, man, there's some... There's some grisly shit in, like, 3 that I God watched. God War 3 oh. gets real gnarly. Oh, boy. There's yeah. some gr- I remember the E3 trailers for Ascension, like, making me kind of ill, where he's, like, ripping heads apart and then, like, kicking the brain or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. It gets real fucking silly. There was a story recently on, like, Polygon or Kotaku about people who have to build oh. those animations and then the kind oh, of psychological yeah. cost. That crossed yeah. my mind, and I decided to not be a bummer, but John did. Yeah, yeah like, people have actually like, kind of ugh. got PTSD from that shit, which is, like, real sad shit, that's crazy. Video, video games are kind of awful. <laughs> yeah, they kind of, like, yeah, video games... I mean, yeah. When you're rendering such realistic gore that you're having your employees look at real shit, and then they're, like, being psychologically traumatized by it, that's kind of fucking... That's not good. Yeah, like, I don't know why. That's not good. I don't know who in their right mind thinks you need to show somebody actual graphical carnage for them to not, like... Have you seen the newest Mortal Kombat, Polly? Yes, I have. It's real fucking grody. I still There's only to... one way to get that authentic. Yeah, it's, it's not good. No, but it's just man. Come on, use your imagination here, people. John, have you seen the Bug Lady in Mortal Kombat 11? Oh goodness, interest oh, has been what? peaked. <laughs> There's like a 
fatality where she pukes bugs eggs into somebody's mouth and they like explode with wings or something. Hmm. The, I think the only one I saw was the lady who like kicks freezes the person, kicks out their brain, like and then puts the brain in a robot so that it can like yeah, do the thing. That. And that was just funny. So it yeah, wasn't that, that was legit funny. Yes. So, anyways, where were we? So, anyway, uh, Devil May Cry four. three. Devil May Cry three yeah. is still really good. I, 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 I had a blast. Like, I, 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 it just really threw me back, and, and I wasn't sure how it would hold up because it was just you know sometimes those older games they they, they don't hold up much, uh, mm-hmm. or you go back to them years later and you're not so good at them and you swear that you were so much oh, better at geez. them back in the day, but. Uh, even even going through on Royal Guard, I still managed to you know eke by. I still got my ass handed to me a few times. Quite obviously, there's some boss fights in that game that are just straight up like yo, get good within thirty seconds or you're fucking done. Also, don't Ooh. use healing healing items. Just scrubs. Who needs, <laughs> who needs vital stars? Don't I use those. play those games like I play shmups as a kid. Healing items and continues on. <laughs> No he- Lu- Luca hard mode. No heal. No aether. I don't know what that means. Just they're the scrub items. Don't use them. He- okay. They're literally designed play, as the scrub I items. I played Dark Souls with no Astus. <laughs> I, th- I think Colin even got frustrated with a people, a couple people saying like, "Oh, heal is overpowered." And he's like, "Yeah, it's kind of su- just don't use it. You don't just don't use it then. It's, it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be there for people that need it. Don't use it." Yeah, like, there's a very simple I, solution. I like, I like using all tools available to me is my problem. <laughs> also, I was kidding. If this I was, game gives me a spell that makes me take no damage, I'm going to use it a lot. I was kidding about After not using Vital Stars. I will chug those it. motherfuckers like candy. I ain't out to prove I'm that much of a badass. <laughs> But yeah, DMC three. If you haven't played that, you should probably play it. If you really like, want to play something that's got some real depth and meat to its combat and kind of makes you work for those victories. And it's got some real DMC three. And I forgot how fucking bonkers its uh, uh, its story is. Like the 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 (laughs) cutscenes and the story is holy shit. (laughs) It's off the rails. Stupid. Excellent. I forgot. Like there were some cutscenes I was literally just laughing out loud at, as I as if I had seen them for the first time because I just completely forgot. It was just like, oh my god, this game is so absurd and fun in all the best possible ways. Is this the one where they're like doing an opera or something? They're like singing to each other. I can't remember. I've seen it on YouTube. I would. Huh. Sounds like a miss. For, forget what I just yeah sorry. Is this your favorite one of this kind of game, Polly? Oh man, it's probably real close. Yeah, like of, of all the like I like Bayonetta a lot, but mm-hmm. man, just like replaying this again and just how good it felt and how on point all the attacks felt and just how good it felt to kind of parry everything away <laughs> and then you know be able to use the, the other powers that Royal Guard grants you. It's just like, huh. Like, there's just something about it. Like, there's definitely a lot of empowerment going on here. But at the same time, you, you really work for it. Mm-hmm. So, cool. man. Yeah, DMC3 is probably my favorite character action game. Cool. 
real good, real good. Um, try Luca. I, I should, I should. <laughs> I will at some point. Cool. It's like, you got to dig through this backlog, though. Oh, yeah. There's no no one ever gets there. through the backlog. No one ever does. Even Rhett gave up on the box of shame. <laughs> Look, I'm playing games from it. I'm just playing them on my own terms. <laughs> you got to where you needed to be. At yeah. the end of SC. It, it did the thing. It was a course correction, and it's, it seems to have worked. What, I mean, was the, what was the course correction from? Like, where were you at the end of last year where you were like, I a need this A disheveled mess. It was, it was Sonic Forces. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, wait. No, no, no. I want to set the record straight. I liked Sonic Forces. It was Sonic Lost World that I felt oh, I'd lost yeah. my way. Yeah, Sonic <laughs> Lost World was kind of I think like, that game is worse Ooh. because it's a it has not as much joy in the story. Yeah. Like, it doesn't go full anime dumb. It just goes pretty dumb. Mm. Not dumb enough for me. Yeah. Sonic Forces with the Japanese dub on is, like, the most self-serious fucking bullshit. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's the funniest shit I've ever played. I still can't believe I played Sonic Adventure 1 twice without realizing that you could do the Japanese dub. I'm going to do that at some point. Just go full weeb Sonic Adventure. It's so weird. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I'm going to continue hogging the microphone to talk about more stuff. Uh, this one may be of interest because I know John Thayer, you know, you, you have a thing. You uh, you like those uh, their Dragon Quest games, don't you? I do. Those are... Uh, give, us, give us a breakdown. What's, what's some general things you can expect from a, a Dragon Quest video game? Okay, let me put down my ice cream. Um... <laughs> I played one through five pretty exhaustively now. I've I, um, I've played one through four in the last like year and a half, basically, mm-hmm. um, where I replayed one, two, and four and played three for the first time and loved it. Um, five was the one of the first ones I finished and I loved that one, so I'm gonna get back to replay that one next probably. And I played nine, um, and I, I thought that was a good time too. There was um, a certain perfunctoriness to which you said that, and and I played nine. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was kind of my thing is that I haven't really dabbled with a lot of the modern ones because they're much much longer. I, I kind of talked oh. to Polly about this, where like the originals are like ten to thirty ten to thirty hours max, and like they've got a certain cadence to that. Especially because all the remakes make the battles much faster; they give you a lot of extra money and XP for fighting. So for me, Dragon Quest is very fast. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's sort of a big thing about. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking in terms of the conversation we already had, Polly. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest, it, it's it's a series that doesn't do very much evolving. Um, no, oh, you can trace yeah. you can trace much of any modern Dragon Quest lineage directly back to the start. Just you know, outdated menu systems. <laughs> um, like I. I uh, I played Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay, mm. so okay, we're, gonna jump in. To... we're gonna jump into <laughs> that. It's a Dragon Quest ass Dragon Quest game, but it was made in 2017. Let me uh-huh. recouch that one more time, because <laughs> I also I said all that about Dragon Quest One through Five. Those are also like some of my like absolute favorite RPGs ever. Like I think they're complete fucking masterpieces. Like yeah. I love all five of them. Yeah, like that's like my favorite run of any RPGs, basically mm. of like just solid. Love this one, love this one, love this one, love this one, love this one. So I'm still going to play 6, 7, 8 at some point. I'm 8 is fantastic. 8 is fantastic. I played that mm-hmm. on the PS2 when it came out. Really, really liked 8. It's 
it, it still has that problem of I'm really way too long to be doing what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. boy, I sure am charming. And I got mm-hmm. this. I got the. I got all these English voice actors and actresses, and sure does <laughs> sure does make the whole thing a whole lot more enjoyable. <laughs> they have accents, and that's cute. Yeah, they just kind of they they go a long way toward making something more enjoyable. So yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven. It's uh yo, it's still this. Uh, it's um you know hey you're <laughs> surprise surprise you play as the chosen one, a silent protagonist who's known as the Luminary, and you're gonna save the world and brighten the lives of everyone you meet along the way. And hey Polly, is he a man? It's a man. Okay. It's me. It's Rhett. <laughs> it's literally Rhett because I named my main character Rhett. Well, um, if you got Wander Song, I get this game. Exactly. And it even kind of looks like you with your old haircut. Kind of, yeah. So, That's what I was gonna say. Like, oh, it's the Trunks hairstyle. Yeah. Probably doesn't get Dragon Ball references. No, though. I don't. <laughs> Minus five cool points for me. I was gonna say, when you think of Dragon Quest, what do you think of? I'm like, character designs by Akira Toriyama. It's basically it. See, I recognize that. I know that, yeah. but it's just—it's it's not, so it's not a connection. It's these things just rendered super modern, high-res pixel. But the thing not is, pixel, but... the thing is, like the first thing that you just notice about this game, though, is that it's inc—it's got an incredible look. Yeah, it looks amazing. Like the way they've modeled those enemies and stuff in 3D. Yeah, like but with the, that Akira Toriyama's really work style. has never looked more just like full of li- like it's one thing to see this game in screenshots you have to see just the detailed animation work that goes into every little motion in this dumb game it's kind of it's just <laughs> like they have like it feels like they have their kingdom hearts people on this or something with as charming as it is huh um mm-hmm. like and just like with the way like like everything is just super fucking on point. It's like, it, you can't look at this game and not be completely fucking charmed by it. It's just, it's, I love everything about the way the game looks. It's incredible. Uh-huh. That counts for I, a lot because the DS games are so pretty and that counts for, that was a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I keep wondering if this conversation is going to take a turn. You think, <laughs> you think it's going to take a turn? You think I'm setting you up? I think you're setting this up when you said, hmm, those the older games were quick and fast mm. and you kind of went hmm so this is the game this is a, this is a long term project uh-huh. game so i know this game's long i know this game is not dragon quest 7 long which is literally like 140 hours uh-huh but uh, it's trails in the cold trails of cold steel 3 long this is probably trails of cold steel 3 long oh boy. like i i know that I, i've heard an hour count for this game by people that kind of rushed through it and i was just like Okay, I'm not gonna be able to play this non-stop for days on end. That said, you know, like I played it this morning, and I got to a point in the story where it's just like, oh shit, everything's happening now. <laughs> it went bonkers, and now it's just like, okay, but now I guess I'll play it today and tomorrow too, uh, just to see if we're gonna follow up on this big cataclysmic shit that went down. That's just like, oh. Oh, you just basically changed this entire fucking the, the whole shit done got switched up. Okay, um, though, that sounds good. Yeah, like yep. that that surprised me. It took about 30 hours to get to that point. <laughs> uh and they weren't 
the most fun or engaging 30 hours, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, this is a game that just, like, it's very fond of the uh, episodic runaround where we have <gasps> one objective, <laughs> and in order to complete this objective, we're going to get run around like three or four different areas before we can complete the one objective because there are 45 other obstacles in the way. It's very old school RPG in that way where I need to fix the bridge, but I don't have the tools to do it because someone in the mine has them, but he disappeared and I don't know where he went. He said that he was going to the forest. When I went to find the guy, he didn't have the tools. He said a goblin stole them, so go find the goblin hideout. And it it just got to be enough to at one point where I DM'd John and was like, I can't do this. Oh no. This is killing me as a person. This is literally rotting my insides out and making me want to die. <laughs> Rhett, Rhett, extra context is that I gifted her this for Christmas. Yeah, she gets it. Uh... <laughs> That's the funny part. Well, then Polly said that, and then I kind of had to reveal that I gifted you a game that, like, I didn't even know if I really wanted to play it. Uh... <laughs> so I kind of, like, you're kind of the test dummy here. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> But, but, okay, but, but, okay. But, um, over the last ten or so hours, though, the episodic stories have kind of started to get a bit more meat to them. They've had, like, there have been some genuine emotional moments where I was just like, oh, wow, that the, the game finally actually made me feel something other than boredom. Um, was it, it the puff puff moment? No, it really wasn't the puff puff you. moment. But I'm going out of my way. I'm going to find all the puff puff opportunities. <laughs> See, that's well, what I mean, I that's how I live my life. Exactly. <laughs> See, that's what I hope from 7 and whatnot, is that it's... Because, like, 9 actually had... a, It really honed in on, like, the, the little episodic stories that make you feel something at the end of them. Mm-hmm. So you, like, finish the little dungeon, and it's like, oh, that was a nice little story. And so I think... And I think 7 is just, like, that for yeah. 100 hours. Yeah. Like, I'm into that. Uh, but then again, uh, about seven is a friend of mine told me he played it and literally the first seven hours of the game he didn't fight a single random fight. Mm-hmm. It's like, Jesus Christ! I, th- I think the 3DS remake um, tightens it up a lot and speeds it up. That's like it's, probably good, because that like game sounds beat, utterly miserable to me. Because how long to beat says like 100 hours for DQ7 PS1 and mm-hmm. then like 65 for DQ7 3DS. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a complete difference. Yeah, so, so 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 the story has started picking up, and, and it got to a point this morning where I was just literally like, "Oh man, okay, now the story's in go mode. Now things are happening, and it's wow. We've dramatically altered the landscape of everything that this game was prior to this point." And huh. it was just it was a big. It's almost not something to expect from a Dragon. Quest I wasn't expecting, yeah. and I don't know if a Dragon Quest game has done what this game just did in the past. I don't know if it's just kind of like following that, you know, like these games follow yeah, a very, very specific rote. I mean, I mean, the thing with Dragon Quest for me is they just feel very complete. Like even when the stories are very simple, like mm-hmm. threes or something, right. like if they, they'll introduce a thread and they will follow through to its completion and you'll feel like, yes, everything but will feel that, complete that's and That's what satisfying. this game is doing as well. It's Good. just, we got, I got to a point in the story where shit went crazy in a way that I didn't predict would happen for this game. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it was just kind of like a, it really. It, it, I was taken aback by the twist, cool. and I was just like, "Oh wow, yeah, okay." Now the game's playing for real. Um, uh, Campaign destroys the world. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you, think die and you think I'm joking, but <laughs> you die and reincarnate as a slime. There you go. That'd be the best possible outcome. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> There's some there's some really fun characters in this game too. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that that's something that like but that like both eight and eleven have in common is that like I I, I like eight's cast a lot, and the cast in eleven doesn't quite live up to them yet, but they're kind of getting there. Um, but they're all kind of like they all kind of have their note so far. Like you don't really feel like you're getting to know much about them. It's just. Like it, the difference between this and Trails in the Sky is kind of like what I'm going mm-hmm. back. What I was thinking about, and what I mentioned to John earlier this week, is that like in the Trails games, when you think about these characters, you can imagine them in your mind having sitting down, and you can imagine any of these characters kind of sitting down and just having a conversation and shooting the bullshit about whatever. Oh Be- yeah, because That's there's so many interpersonal it. relationships, and mm-hmm. they expound upon that. These characters interact a lot, whereas Dragon Quest, everybody's just kind of yelling about the plot all the time, and I don't really feel like I'm learning or getting to know anything about anybody. And having a mute protagonist just isn't helping a lot. So it just kind of like the the interactions that I feel, even even in eight, like I felt that there was more of that. Like, whereas this game, everybody's just kind of there one night. Like, Silvando is absolutely fabulous! And Veronica is, I'm little and I'm loud! <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like, and, and their sticks are charming. They're cute. The actors and actresses are just knocking it out of the park with uh, their representations. But I think, I, I feel like give me something a little more to cling on to with these characters. And I'm hoping that with like the, the, the changes that have just occurred, like we're going to start learning more about like what these characters are. And, 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 and especially Silvando, he's my favorite. He's a good boy. He is a very, very good boy. And um, yeah, so I, I'm hoping that kind of picks up a little bit. I, yeah. I know the combat is never a pardon. Does it open up at all? Like, I, I don't know how 8 is structured at all. Like, does it, is there a point where you get the boat and then you can go do oh, a bunch you get of the things? Bo- you get the boat real early. Yeah, you get, okay. you but, get the boat about like 8 hours linear, in. Is it a and, linear track or is it... Uh, you can are, go to a lot of optional places and get your face blasted the fuck off. <laughs> Alright, that's something. But hey, there's good risk in doing that because you can go find a whole bunch of fun shit that you probably don't, you know, like, you, you shouldn't normally have access to, but if you're uh, an intrepid explorer you know you mm-hmm. go out of your way to find it risky you know getting your shit kicked in do it yeah. that's something so it has, this game Dragon is, Quest has not evolved into waypoint no the waypoint. no yeah. they, they will obviously Good. tell you where you need to go but you don't have to follow that path like you like once you get the boat you can kind of just go everywhere okay that that's really important I, I heard linear at one point and i kind of was like like I'm okay, I'm happy with linear games. I like linear games, but like a big thing for me in Dragon Quest is when I, you know, when Dragon I get Quest is exploring. It's a yeah. lot of exploring and like even just like on the 
like like the micro level of like go into a new town and literally search everywhere because there are fucking items littered all over this game for you to find. Every map is just like a whole new thing, a whole new frontier for you to go in, root through bookshelves, fucking look behind buildings and shit like like, I honestly like that part of the game. Like, I, I was kind of mm. surprised, and it took me, like, a few towns to realize, wait a minute, like, this is still very old school, like, oh, if I just go into this dude's house, there's five potions in the cabinet. <laughs> oh, okay, neat. I'll start you doing that. That's actually a thing. In Trails in the Sky, like, if you go around poking at things, you very rarely, like, get much of a response there. Like, when you're exploring towns, it's to talk to all the people. Yeah, yeah, that's your kind of, like, like, well, it, yeah, I think the, the good stuff that, that Trails is going to give you is character and, and, and interaction and dialogue, whereas if you explore in a Dragon Quest game, you're going to get more items, you're going to find more cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that that's sort of, like, the fundamental... Yeah, like, breaking all the pots. I love the way the character grabs the pots and just throws them down. He looks so <laughs> disgusted when he does it, too. <laughs> so that's why I always do it when someone's around, and I'm just always like, this is your fault. Smash! <laughs> you could have stopped this. Um, But, yeah, like, there, there are still a lot of things that just irk the fuck out of me about this game. And, like, it's 2019, and... There's no reason to have a UI that is this clunky and shitty. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like I said, it takes seven fucking text boxes to save <laughs> my game. Oh. Are you for real? And like, okay, every character has their own individual item pack, right? And, oh, then, and then you have a communal item pack. So every item, items don't stack in your character's inventory. But they do in the universal item pack. So when I have to move an item, such as a dumbass medical herb, from my character to the fucking, uh, to, to the communal item pool, I've got to go through three text boxes to do that. However, if I'm pulling items out of the communal item box, I can move them in stacks with one text box. Character organization and shit in this game is a nightmare for me. I hate it so much. See, that is just doesn't sound to... very different from DS games, and I'm just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so goddamn slow and annoying. Can you trade items between characters? Yes, but it's still just like, I don't need three yeah. text boxes to tell me Are I'm Are you doing sure this. you want to trade these items? Like, I don't need that. Somebody please fucking mod the game and hack that <laughs> out, please. I, I'm tired of all the confirmations that this game needs from me. Mm. Yeah. It's okay, though. <laughs> so, I have a question. <laughs> yeah? Roughly when did the turn happen? Was it yesterday? It was literally this morning. So, <laughs> if we had not delayed the episode... If we had not delayed the episode, this would have been a very different yeah. segment last night. So it's like you you twisted twice basically because it was going to be, I fucking hate this game basically yesterday, and then it's like now it's like it's on the upswing at least. This game is like, on an you, upswing. You see the glimmer, you see a glimmer of something interesting here, which yeah. is I'm happy about. Yeah, I'm because you put a lot of time into it. I'm genuinely back on board with this game now. Like whereas for a while cool. I was really checked out because mm-hmm. like. 
everything about it was just so slow it felt pointless to me like it's it's like like the combat system's not really all that interesting it's just dragon quest combat really i mean they just make it pretty you know okay, they, did, so the they, best, they did the that with combat. eight <laughs> they did that with eight so you know it's, just, it's basically eight's combat system minus the psych up mechanic that's it that was it. so the one thing that eight brought in that was like different yeah <laughs> they just they completely nixed it um which they copied for nine yeah and um your character progression is like on these skill trees and like i'm just not really jazzed about any of them like i i go into the thing and i do it just because you know there's some stats and stuff in there i need and there's some attacks tree? but you should just learn their new things when they level up well see they do Okay. They learn stuff at levels, but there's also, like, the skill trees you can use for each weapon proficiency, and then there's usually one or two character-specific things. Like oh, the... that's so much customization. <laughs> oh, God. This sounds, oh, too, this sounds way too much modern for Dragon like, I think this stuff could work, but it's just like, why do I really care that I'm spending 25 points to get a 3% chance at getting criticals? <laughs> it's that's that the kind of progression. Kind of skill tree is what I've heard skill trees should be a skill you're excited to purchase. Yes. Not, and like, not 3% crit rate. Yeah. And it's just like to get to the skills that I want, I need to level. You gotta buy like, a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. I gotta buy a bunch of crap that I don't want or care that's, about. That's like the PSO two skill trees of just yeah. like, here's like the 10 skills you don't want before the one you want. And then there's the crafting system, which is literally like, okay. I, I find <laughs> I was a recipe. just going to joke. The next thing I was saying find is the recipe. Game. Find the recipe for items, and you, oh, surprise, surprise, you don't have the materials to make them. Fucking ever. Nor are they on sale oh, right. anywhere. Your only choice is to grind for them, and item drops in this game ha are abysmal. Well, did you get the skill that gives you 50% item drop rate? I don't even think there is. You mean 3%? But it's like... <laughs> So, so you finally get everything to make the item you want. You go, you, you whip out the portable forge to make the item, and it's just like, oh, well, I was better than what this would have given me two hours ago. Fantastic. This is a waste of my fucking time. The only thing the item forge is good for is just adding a plus one, two, or three to an item, and that's it. Mm -hmm. trying to actually create new equipment the only reason you have to create new equipment is that to upgrade equipment you need to get um, uh, shit, I think they're called like perfection stones or something uh, and you get, you get a certain amount for every uh, new item you create and those are what you use to uh, add the plus one, plus two, or plus three to a weapon or a piece of armor or accessory so it's just like it feels so goddamn pointless of a system because everything's either outdated to the point to where why would I make this? It's a complete waste. It just adds more shit to my goddamn item management that I don't want to fuck with. Or because you you're leveling your crafting skill, dog. You just you level your crafting skill by just leveling up. Oh, you just but learn then, you learn new crafting yeah. abilities as you level up. That's. But like, then by making the item, you get the skill point to spend on the item you actually give a shit about. Yeah, like, I just... The whole system just feels like yeah. nobody balanced it in a way where... It's just like, it's like East 8 has a crafting system, and it's, it's always and it's always yeah. on par with where you are. You will always be able to either quickly find the things you need, buy the things you need, or 
you already have them and that the item that you are making will probably be good enough to get you know, mm. to, to warrant you spending the resources whereas i've not once crafted anything in this game for the purpose of having it now i've done yeah. it for the purpose of just having those uh, stones that you can use to add a plus one two or three to the to an item so yeah crafting is junk in this game until i've proven otherwise i'm just not fucking with it anymore <laughs> That's a good plan. Yeah. That's how I kind of felt about the crafting in E7, is that if you just get past the next part, there'll be a new store with a new item, and yeah. then the crafting is always a mid-range upgrade. Yeah, so with E8, though, like, there's yeah, no money. Sounds like they fixed that, and there's <laughs> yeah. no money. Yeah, and like and like Jetstorm says, like, this is something that I'll probably only use at the end of the game, because everything mm -hmm. else is so minor and incremental that it's just that like you can't notice yeah. it during a fight at all. Like, if a sword, if I craft a new sword and it gives me plus 10 to my attack power, the, the, uh, the numbers are small in Dragon Quest games. Mm -hmm. So, like, oh wow, I'm doing, what, one or two more damage? Ugh. And I can barely notice it? Since it's still mm. it's still rolling a dice to determine this number anyway, so it's just yeah. yeah. I just, if you're not having trouble, like don't bother. If you yeah, really need, yeah, I'm just I'm just buying because I'm fucking loaded now. <laughs> I got lots of manies, lots of manies. They're called manies. I call them manies. That's what I call them. <laughs> okay. But yeah, okay. like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I'm gonna continue with this game. It's gonna be like the bigger game I'm playing alongside maybe smaller games because I feel like mm. too much of this game at one time, and I feel like I'm start, <laughs> I, I'll start to get real frayed with knowing how long it is and knowing its structure. Um, having having heard other people already talk about kind of like how long it is and and, and a couple other things, so. Yeah, like I've I've got a couple other games I'm hoping to play alongside this now uh, to kind of break up the monotony a bit. But thankfully, the game hit hit its curve this morning, and I'm kind of that's so funny. I'm I'm jazzed to kind of get back to it once you know get the podcast edited. I'll probably spend the evening doing a couple more hours of progression and see how all that goes. So yeah, charming, uh, absolutely charming, uh, but it's old school to a fault. And if that kind of thing annoys you, like, this game's going to be a problem. Does Rhett use a sword and a shield or a two-handed sword? He uses a two-handed sword because he loves his Zwee-hander. <laughs> Zwee-hander. No, you called it the Zwee-hander for an entire well, Let's it. Play. I know. Zwee. Give yeah, Rhett the, that's the, that's the reason I, he can join the he can join the group. That's the reason I'm using the two-handed sword is because Rhett used uh, the Zweihander so much in Dark Souls. Uh, <laughs> I thought that's really cute. Be, that'd be fun. And I, I, I like those skills a lot more. Hey, and you can respec, too, which is good. You can get all your that's skill nice. points back in respec, and it doesn't even cost that much. Cool. So that's really smart. Because uh, given that it's a Dragon Quest game, I thought... Boy, this thing's going to have some real outdated mechanics like me being able to build my characters entirely wrong. Nope, nope. And characters that aren't in battle get all get, get full experience. Oh, damn. Holy shit. Okay. I was really dreading that. Like, as soon as I got a party that was more than four, I was like, oh, uh, well, this is... I have that moment with every RPG. This it's is like, like do or die oh, time. God. Are these the Dread. four characters that I'm willing to commit to for my hashtag in-game party? <laughs> Ugh. What you need is a game with a fucking exponential EXP curve. You can actually change your lineup in battle too, which is another thing wow. that, that like 
What? That's a Dragon Quest thing? You could do that now? I, I stole it from it. Labyrinth of Toho. Exactly. Every, every game did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Dragon Quest XI. Uh, color me intrigued, but it took 30 hours. So what you're saying is it takes 30 hours to get good. I still, like... It's very pretty, I'm not going to put it like Once that. Once you reach Grand Stream, I'm not gonna, it opens up. I'm not going to put it like that because I think it's a I shitty know. way to put things. It's a shitty way to put things. But, because, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to play a game if I'm straight up not enjoying it for 30 hours. There's something there that was still holding me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, there are still minor incidental things that I still enjoyed about this experience. But I don't think that it starts getting notable until around the 30-hour mark. Yeah. That's when yeah. I feel it's like it's started to do something yeah. where it's like, okay, now you've got my undivided attention. I mean, you said that about Trails in the Sky first chapter as well. It's like, I think you said chapter three, yeah, maybe chapter, two. The end of chapter two, if you're not checked in by the end of chapter two, yeah, that series is probably not going to do anything for it you. It starts to pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you get Chloe. <laughs> yes. She's very good. She is very good. She's very good. How many Dragon Quest XI characters are as good as Chloe? None. None. <laughs> Thank none. you. Oh, okay. Literally none. Uh, well, how about how many Dragon Quest XI characters are as good as Olivier? None. 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 Oh. So um, Vondo Joshua? could come close if there's something about his character that like mm-hmm. really that really pulls it around. Silvando could be on the level of Olivier because he's very Olivier-like. Excellent. He, he's, and a quote, he's a jester quote my friend Wuzzy from December of last year. Well, John, not everything's going to be as smart and crafted as, like, Trails in the Sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one is as good as light. Olivier. I, I think Silvando may be able to give him a run for his money if, if, uh, if he picks up a little bit. Cool. John! Yeah? You got an anime... I do. Apparently, I'm also going to be having Frog Adventure shown in an art gallery. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, that just happened this morning. How the... Called, what? Wait, 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 wait. You yeah, gotta, you gotta explain this. You don't just gloss over this. You have to explain it. It's called Baby Castles. It's a non-profit art gallery. Um, so it's not a paid thing or anything, but right. it's just like, hey, we have a bunch of arcade cabinets. We put games up here for like two months at a time. Um, can we do Frog Adventure? And they were, and I was like, "Sure, that sounds good to me." <laughs> dog, doing you frog. need to get them to take pictures and shit. In yeah, that's cabinet? what I that's the, that's what I told them. I was like, "Hey, um, make make a link to my itch somewhere." And he was like, "Of course." <laughs> and then I said, um, "And snap some pics for me, <laughs> preferably a video or two." That's good. that's really fucking cool, dude. Congrats. Yeah, yeah I, and I also have a couple friends who are familiar with the art gallery. I kind of checked in with them and was like, hey, this is legit, right? And they were like, yeah, this is legit. They're cool. So, that made me feel good. That's baller as fuck. Yeah. It's fucking Frog Adventure, too. It's just like, yep, that's... that's Never leave the shadow of Frog Adventure. <laughs> you got oh, by the way, I'm second. still the world record holder, uh, in case anybody wants uh-huh. to challenge. And it's Rhett's favorite John game. <laughs> you just said the word Frog Adventure 2, T-O-O, but I thought you said T-W-O, and I got oh, real excited. Yep, because that's the favorite. That's Brett's favorite. <laughs> the favorite, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's very good. That's I'm happy awesome, about it. though, dude. Congrats! Yeah, I feel happy about that. Um, so you I said will... this was this was like a museum for kids or something. No, it's just called Baby Castles. I think it's just oh, like, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. I was thinking, wait a minute, what's this for? Yeah, so I'm gonna like 
Um, so I'm just going to keep up on that. And then once I get pics or whatnot, I'm sure I'll share and brag and be happy. Absolutely. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah, that feels nice. Uh, I watched an anime. What did you watch? Oh, oh boy. Oh god, I'm gonna I've got a great joke where I'll say the the preface and then I'll like go dot 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 and then I watched Gun Gale Online. It's very good. Alright. Wait, what's right. the full title? It's called Sword Art Online Alternative Colon Gun Gale Online. Isn't that such a great joke? Because it's like the bad show. Okay. But this one's good. <laughs> Sorry. I was annoyed at myself for thinking about how funny that would be like two weeks ago and I'm just like, ugh. So uh, what, what, okay. okay, 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 let me get into the mindset of a John Thayer for a moment, okay. okay, if I, if I may be permitted. The mindset of a John Thayer coming out of the last podcast, which was pretty taxing in some yeah. ways. Yeah, see, John Thayer, last, last, I, oh, talked to, last right. I talked to John Thayer, really was just, just all kinds of bad in relation to any and all things sword art online. So it was tight moon actually. I was feeling real bad about that too. Well, that too, <laughs> that too. That, that, yeah, we 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 addressed some things. Mm-hmm. But Aww. but but yeah yeah. I look at my Twitter feed and uh, address them with my therapist too. <laughs> and, and John's all watching Sword Art Online thing. <laughs> Help me piece that together. How does that work? How do you go from man? Look at this pile of garbage that I indulged in and got nothing out of to going Except let's watch more for... let's watch something more from that pile of garbage. Except sad friends and like a bunch of damage to discuss. Yeah. <laughs> so I come out of a podcast where I'm fucking not unintentionally like doing therapy in public yeah. <laughs> about my weird fucking issues. Uh huh. And I'm like, this looks fun though. About the Sword Art Online thing. <laughs> so, the only reason, the only reason that I was comfy checking this out, A, Taylor said it was cool. And I and trust Taylor Taylor's judgment. Taylor despises SAO. Taylor despises SAO. Taylor has a good judgment sense on stuff being very evil, also. And I didn't want to do anything else that was really evil for a while. <laughs> Because I felt really bad. Understandably so. Understandably uh-huh. so. Um, and so, uh, but this is, and this is by a completely different author, completely different characters, different setting from the first show. Um, it's by the author of Kino's Journey, which I did not remember being, like, offensive in any way. No, Kino's heard... Journey is very wholesome. Yes, I remember it being maybe a little bit boring, but not offensive. Yeah. <laughs> Being very like a warm and interesting, it's a prestige show. Yes, and then that person wrote a Sword Art Online spinoff, and that just that I didn't know that about this, and that kind of floors me. <laughs> yep, so it's real fucking good. <laughs> sort of my was my takeaway. It's I think the big thing is that I I had to kind of realize this is that I think it's a comedy. Um, mm. I think it's supposed to be very funny mm-hmm. while also having like a lot of really cool action. It takes place in a gun world. It's basically PUBG is the game. <laughs> it it's, really you're watch, is. You're watching an anime that's just PUBG, which is great, because I watched, like, 15 hours of PUBG streams. I was really into it for a little while. Wow. Oh. 
I didn't yeah. know that. When you told me that, I thought you were joking saying the anime is like watching PUBG, but no, you actually watched some real stuff. I watched a shit ton of PUBG streams. I watched like all the Polygon PUBG streams for a while. Like oh, I was okay, really yeah, into it. And then I watched this and it's like, this is like that, but more. It's they animated up and but it's the same thing. Um like the when they're down in it within in the PUBG. Uh-huh. It's just like they they all drop down on the map and then they got they they see there's like a scanner that comes every ten minutes and shows you where the leaders of the other players are so everyone has to keep moving mm-hmm. if they don't want to reveal their location or they hold up in a really safe location. Everyone's got special guns, um, grenades. Everybody has different weapons and then they yeah and then they just go into like a series of tactical yeah they start with their weapons instead of finding them so it's different from PUBG in that sense well i mean the big difference is this makes me realize how broken the rules in it are or PUBG makes me realize how broken the rules in this are because they can just camp wherever they want forever whereas in PUBG you have the circle that closes and yeah, forces the you to keep closes, moving yeah yeah but they they do some stuff with that they actually have people camping very pointedly, and then they resolve that yeah. in interesting ways. Um, that's a major part of the play. So, the action's just, like, really good and grounded, and it doesn't fucking cheat all the time, like oh, Sword no. Art Online does. How can she run so fast? She just has high agility! I, I knew that. That's, like, the one <laughs> thing that is a little bit, like, dicey, and it's just she spawned a character <laughs> with really high agility. That's it. Why are the characters random spawn? I... And they just get that. They just get that. I assume that they you only get one character, and that's what you're stuck with in the game. I assume that's the rule. So, so the whole intro, this whole setup is so weird, where she's like spawning random characters in games, trying to get one that's short and cute. Oh my yeah, god! There's no character creator. <laughs> and it, it, like, but that's the thing. It's like, are all these games made by this one monolithic Sword Art Online comp- corporation, and literally none of them have a character creator? <laughs> They're not from the Sword Art Online. They 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 spawn from the seed of Sword Art Online that was passed to Kirito at the end of the oh first season that the, he released into the internet, and then everyone made their own open source like okay so th- builds off of the Sword Art Online seed. So everything is building off of the same fundamental engine, but they're all yeah. putting their own spins on it. Okay, oh, I was joking, but there actually is an explanation that they all spawned from it an open source yes. version. Why has no one made a character creator yet? Do you know how popular those things are? Anyways, okay. <laughs> so that's that's a thing. And it, her, the main character's thing is that she's very tall in real life and she feels self-conscious about it. Mm. So she wants to play a VR game where she can be someone really short and cute. And that's she's like a college student also instead of being a high schooler, which I thought was nice. That's, that's sort of an anime. Yeah. And she's six feet tall. Yeah, she's six feet tall. So it's like, it's, it's a big thing for so her. So she's an automatic babe. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. But she finds... <laughs> She finds her character that's really short, and it's in the... She So she goes around all these games, and it just happens to land in Gun Gale Online, and it's like, well, I'm cute in this one. I'm going to learn how to play it. <laughs> uh, how far are you into it, are you, at? I'm, like, on six or seven. Okay. So they haven't gotten into the second They're about camp. to start it, base it. Cool. And then that's the rest of the show. It's very good. Yeah. Um, so can I say there was a point in this show that made me really uncomfortable? Go for it. And then I, so, how do I say this? Um, the show made me feel some real weird, uncomfortable feelings because basically the main character gets doxxed immediately. Oh. 
good. Like, yeah. She's That's... playing this VR game, and then two characters approach her in the real world. Like, hey, what's up? And um, I was like, this that's not cool. Does everyone in the city play this game? Like, it's kind of weird where the whole premise is, is this VR game, and then, like, all of the main characters are super local to each other. Yeah. I that's get that. kind of weird. But then the, the um, second... Yeah. Go ahead. The second person to approach her is also like, hey, if we don't lose this tournament, I'm going to be murdered. And that's also kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> Where apparently someone is planning a murder-suicide based on the results of this tournament. Yeah, she because she was really into the idea of the death game from the first show, and like yeah. was really mad that she didn't get to be a part of it. So she wants to recreate her own death game for herself and her by killing partner. herself intentionally. And it's just if she loses, I was really kind of squicked out by that part. I just wanted to say. So, like, I stopped watching the episode, and then I came back a few hours later, and they immediately, like, start making light of it, and it becomes a comedy again. I'm like, okay, you mm. know, I'm just not going to take this fucking seriously, because the show isn't. Yeah, that that's my like, that's my. They, in, they introduce like they something super fucking dark, and then just kind of walk it back immediately. Yeah, it's a comedy. I think that's the way to deal with it, is, like, they don't go real hard on the stakes of that. Yeah, but it's, yeah. They don't. Uh, then why introduce it? I think it's really. I think they do a clever thing with it thematically at the end. Like I think if you okay. if you take that out, then the story there's no real meat to it. Um, like the they do a, a cute thing that actually connected okay. with me pretty pretty much pretty deeply. Um, My other big complaint is why are they entering a two person as a two person team in <laughs> PUBG? They'd get fucking slaughtered. <laughs> Not when you're really fast. <laughs> no they they don't that's like the one thing of like okay she's just really fast we'll accept that and then beyond that they tend to play it real straight in a way that i appreciated at least Rhett, also keep in mind it's i watched anime. sword art online i watched the first show uh-huh. so like in comparison <laughs> see i don't have that comparison so i'm just judging this yeah. on merits I was so worried. I was worried about that. Like, am I just blinded because I watched the first show and this is so much better? Um, and, and and one more thing I want to say is that it's actually really violent um, because it's a gu- It's it's all guns, all regular normal weapons. So if it wasn't a VR game where people like vanish bloodlessly or like yeah, then it would be like it would be really violent, especially later on. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind if you're sensitive about like gun violence stuff. Mm. See, I was I wasn't sensitive towards that at all. It's when they started introducing the possibility of real world stuff that I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. but yeah, because there's a scene where like you know she's like four feet tall in the game or something. She's fucking tiny, and she just walks up on top of a guy, points down at his head, and goes sorry, and like fucking <laughs> dumps into him with the P90 for like, <laughs> ten seconds. There are some, real there are good. some beats by the end that are just so outrageous, and it made me so happy. <laughs> she and she, and the way they talk to is just like, "I'm gonna murder you. I'm gonna kill you. Don't worry, I'm gonna kill you." Just like they that's they use there the was, language of yeah. the game, like there very a, casually. There was a line earlier I almost screamed cat of like, "I'm going to kill her, and then I'm going to save her," and I'm like, "Fuck off." <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it. That's how it goes down. Um. Yeah, I, I like that show a lot. I bought the light novel. Wanna, uh, this yeah, game right. is so. This, this everything about this though is like not how actual modern video games exist though. Yeah. Where, like, 
One, the fact that they're having a battle royale and, like, anybody can just sign up because there are apparently so few entrants. Like, huh? Like, Rat. They, why, they, they, why they specifically weren't... have a qualifying battle no, 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 royale. The first, the first one, though, as well. Like, she's just, like, decides to sign up, like, the Saturday before or something. Okay. <laughs> like... When you think of how many like thousands of PUBG games are happening, or you know Fortnite, or whatever, at any moment, the fact that there's one squad jam is kind of silly. And the other thing that's super super unrealistic is when her friend is like, "Yeah, there's not many girls in this game. I get pick, I get hit on all the time. I have a sugar daddy." <laughs> the sugar well, I, daddy think, I think they justify the but... size by the fact that the conceit that like this is a thing that's been spread over the internet and everybody has their own little version of it so not all of the versions are as big as like mm-hmm. something that might have you know more popularity like this is a smaller localized thing yeah mm-hmm. also there's the part where in this universe a vr game sword art online killed like 20,000 people so maybe people are a little gun shy now gun shy <laughs> ha <Ha-ha>! i <laughs> get it like you think if something like that happened in real world like It'd be shut down forever. Like VR doesn't exist anymore, guys. They, they that's I mean that's the whole point of the back half of the first show is that it's like okay let's now how do we reintroduce this and also the and also the the like conceit of the end of Sword Art Online is actually though VR is great. This is wonderful. <laughs> this is such a good thing, isn't it? We've had two separate seasons where people will die by having their brain melted if they die in the game but it's actually so great and we should keep playing them forever so i would probably still keep playing your game probably you don't play vr now no (laughs) okay is there anything else you want to say about this show nope i like it i'm i'm interested in your reactions to the whatnot it okay it's a little bit gay it's a little gay, which See, is pretty you, fun. You, you tease me with the Yuri, and then it's like, oh, is this going to be actual real-world violent? That's not cool, but this the show is not taking itself seriously, so... No, that the, the, the violence also just made me laugh a lot. Like, the action is very fun. fun. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like, intense and, and, like, exciting, but also very funny with how inventive it is, I think. Mm. So, I like it a lot. Right. Oh, right, I have to do another thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If, <sighs> not to twist your arm. Yeah. I just literally forgot, because we've been going for a while. Um, I've been watching another very stupid anime. Oh, no. It is called Middle Manager Tonagawa. Oh, okay, never heard of this one. I forgot. I have to do a little research real quick right now. This is a... <laughs> No, because this is a spin-off of an anime from a while ago called Kaiji. Okay. Oh. So, I just I had to look up how old Kaiji is because that makes this way funnier. The first season of Kaiji aired October 2007 to April 3rd, 2008. Right. This is a prequel being released 10 years later. Yeah. Cuz it just finished airing. That's crazy. It's it's crazy because it is based on a character from the first season. It is a comedy, whereas Kaiji was like a serious death game. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is like it's about the management behind the games, like setting up all the bullshit that they go through. 
wow. And, and it's just, it is the dumb, it's insanely stupid. <laughs> but it's like, it's it knows it's a comedy, obviously. But it's a very, like, dry kind of absurdist comedy. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's such a weird thing that exists. I just wanted to mention it real quickly. Yeah, I've, I've heard people talking about that on my timeline, so oh, I knew that was I had no idea that. I had no idea. So apparently, there's another spinoff now based on a character from Kaiji Season Two. What? It's just like, why? <laughs> why are these things? You think this is just like a hugely popular manga or something? Well, Kaiji is from the author of Akagi, which is the Mahjong one, yeah. which was, I think, okay. really popular. Yeah. But like ten years. <laughs> when, Didn't they wait ten years to do a follow-up to Moyashimon? And like no, and a not. bunch of years, a bunch of years for follow up to Mushishi, and about fifteen years to follow up on Kino's journey. <laughs> yeah, like we're seeing yeah. we're seeing a lot of weird stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, that, that's a really that's a really funny thing about Kino's journey is that the one you watched, Polly, and I watched was adapted from like four light novels worth of material. Mm-hmm. There are twenty one light novels now. <laughs> Good Holy lord! Shit. There is so much Kino's journey in the world. Kino, they you're actually busy. Yep, busy writing Kino's journey, and apparently Gun Gale Online. That's I wild. continue it. I just looked up Kaiji season two was aired in 2011, so it's still been a while to randomly have a comedy spinoff like eight full years later. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just the very fact that it's a comedy spinoff is just so yeah. bonkers when you consider like how deadly serious the original yeah. source material was. Because that's. That's kind of what's so weird about this series is like when they're kind of making light of everything. It's like it's a very dark humor because it's like you know this you know goes what's real happening. bad. You know this what how this goes real bad later on. <laughs> I think there's some genius in writing something that way. Yeah, I can see that. And the show isn't really about it, but it also makes you kind of think like how obscene, like plans and setups and like all the work they'd have to actually go through to do like oh somebody's got to rent the cruise ship oh what about the design on these cards who who's gonna draw that like all the minutiae that they are dealing with to set the game up basically mm. it's just kind of funny seeing that because then like so in kaiji they have these cards that have rock paper scissors symbols on them and then when you use a card, you have to discard it. So they drop it in the table, and there's a scoreboard that will reduce that card from the total number in play. And so the guys in the show, they just order a regular table with a hole in it. <laughs> so he's like, well, wait, what the fuck? It doesn't move the scoreboard. And they're just like, uh... We could have somebody sit inside the table and hit a button. <laughs> and then they actually do that. So now, if you go back and watch the original Kaiji, you're going to be thinking, are there just dudes sitting There's inside all the... There's just a dude those- in there! <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of incredible. It's really weird. I really admire that. There's another joke, too, where, like, all his henchmen look the same. So he really... St- that's This is, like, the whole first episode. It's like, he can't remember their names because they all look the same. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of episodes later, they all get a haircut and they all shave their heads to look even more the same. <laughs> so he like starts freaking out at them and yelling. And then he goes, "It's like I'm in the damn Matrix." Oh my god! And it shows like the Agent Smith fight for a second. <laughs> and then all of them are like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Watch the damn Matrix." 
and the last shot is just them in a movie theater, and, and they're all going, ooh! Like, <laughs> this honestly sounds like a fucking riot. It's it's not that funny, but it has moments. Like, right, right. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's, it's just, it's half amazing that it exists, though. Yeah, like I said, like this isn't like what I would have expected if you had told me there was going to be a kaiji spinoff. I remember, I think people were fucking pissed when this got announced instead of like a proper third season. Right. And then uh, there's another spinoff apparently, and still no season three in sight. They, they kind of have to at this point, right? If they think so, it thinks so. <laughs> but season two ended pretty well, so I don't know. I know there is more in the manga, but it like ended at a good point a good stopping point for a show yeah. anyway god <laughs> um so i have one more thing i'll tr- do relatively quickly sure i've just been playing the fucking hell out of game called subnautica over the last few days because mm-hmm. we had the you know the long memorial day weekend and i was just like okay i finished trails in the sky right before it time to just like spend this three days you live in this one thing Kind of just binge on something, like, completely fucking different. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Subnautica is a survival game, but I turned the survival stuff off really quickly, basically. Because <laughs> I played about an hour, and, you know, you get pretty much dumped into it. It's very No Man's Sky-ish. Mm-hmm. You're, so, this game, you're on a big passenger, or I guess it's an alien... Yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble with my words right now, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're on this big industrial spaceship, and it crashes. Mm. And you you get into your skate pod, and you wake up, you get out, and you look around, and the only thing you see is the ocean all around you. Oh, no. And the remains of that huge ship you were just on. Right. So this is a game where you scavenge through the water. It's, it's underwater No Man's Sky, basically. Mm. The, so the problem I had with the first hour is that the game is immediately like, you're hungry. Find some food. You're thirsty. Find some water. You're you in the just... fucking ocean. <laughs> but you got there's a whole process of like desalinating the water, and I'm Dude, just like, just open your mouth, just drink, <laughs> drink your surroundings. Literally, you, <laughs> you know it. that's not how it works. Drink it in, baby. <laughs> that's what I wish you could do. <laughs> have just a, open your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just drown. Yeah. Oh, that. I'm very parched from all the salt water I'm drinking. <laughs> but it's basically just nobody like, would ever know if you pissed yourself if you lived underwater. Uh huh. Just saying that for those people out there that like to piss themselves. I mean, there's a lot of water. I mean, that is the it, primary yeah. appeal of going like tubing. <laughs> Have y'all ever gone tubing down like a river in Florida uh-huh. or Georgia or whatnot? That's the appeal, is that you can just pee on yourself the whole time. I'm pretty sure this is a Ron White sketch, but I'm also speaking from experience here. Just so y'all know. I'm not just riffing on the Blue Collar Comedy Core sketch. So you know, okay. John pees himself. That, everyone pees themselves. It's a blast. It feels great. You're just sitting there. You know, you can just have a shower and do it in there. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eric even involved. He even evolved oh, no, no, that no. concept. No, 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 no. <laughs> Eric evolved that concept with the Excuse shower me? dump. <laughs> oh no, that's not a good thing. That's not. I don't think Eric actually dumps in the shower, but it is really funny every time you bring it up. Though. That sounds that's very good joke. <laughs> that's good joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is a very good joke. Very good joke. Good joke. Good joke. Good joke. Good joke. Zoom zoom. Okay. Can I talk about this game now? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> we'll permit it. Okay, so the first hour was like me being like, you're hungry, you're hungry, oops, you died, and then when you die, you just wake up hungry again, but with some of your items gone, and I'm like, this is bad, I don't like survival games. That sounds stupid. So so there's a couple difficulty levels. One of them is permadeath, which is like everything on. Right. The the next one is survival, which it like shows you, hey, you will have to manage four meters, like your health, your hunger, your water, your thirstiness, or something else. And then there's one below that called freedom, which is just like, hey, you you gotta manage your health. And that's it. no hunger or thirst. Mm. Much more easy to deal with. Because, like, getting started out this game is kind of difficult because it doesn't really explain itself very well. That's the case so, with most survival games, really. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when you start adding immediate have-to-deal-with-these-timers at the very start kind of sucks. Because, like, they don't even start you with any rations on the ship. Or, like, you have to build the repair tool to open the thing that has the rations in it, oh I think. Oh, my God. So yeah, you're just you're in it immediately, and I understand that kind of cool, like immediacy. But yeah, there's like, an immediacy there that they're trying to invoke, and it, that that feels yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Especially but, when you have the um, yeah. the the permadeath on, like that oh, extra makes sense. That would be very scary mode. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Um, but I didn't. I just didn't want to deal with the heal, the hunger and thirst because. This is a game about diving underwater and then having to make sure you've got a exit strategy, basically. Yeah. So, like, there's already a lot of timers in it because at the start of the game, you can only dive underwater for, like, 30 seconds. So it's just like, okay, I'm going to go under and grab some stuff and then, whoop, got to go back up. Like, right now, though, my timer is, like, two and a half minutes because mm. you've got, you know, ultra-premium oxygen tank. So you can just go for a while, but then... You start navigating like these huge cave systems. It's like, okay, you've got thirty seconds, buddy. Are you going to be? Able- oh, you drowned. <laughs> well, poop. Yeah. It's like. So what's interesting about this game, I think, compared to other survival games, and I'm mostly speaking theoretically. Besides, no. So my main comparison to this is No Man's Sky because that is essentially a survival game. Mm-hmm. This game is not actually randomly generated, though. No, this is handcrafted. Yeah. It's handcrafted. The map is the map. Yeah. So what I, this allows that to them to do is have very meaningful points of interest mm-hmm. because everything, presumably, like I'm sure you know they use some random generation to get a seat at the start, but then kind of hand place a lot of the interesting stuff. Yeah. So like the fact that they, you can be like, hey, the cool thing is the cool thing that's over there. Like kind of like Zelda, basically, where you have a very crafted world whereas no man's sky is just it's literally just random stuff everywhere yeah so there's no real sense of progression whereas so i'm again really binge this over the weekend <laughs> i'm like 20 hours in i'm feel like i'm starting to get towards the end game mm-hmm. like i think i kind of just stumbled into one of the, the end game areas because at the start of the game it's like swimming a, a hundred meters deep is like wow i'm so far down oh gotta go back up so then you get like a little submer- submersible thing that you can go around in and it has its own air supply and you you know you build a base so you can hang out underwater and not have to worry about drowning constantly. And then you get like a mech suit that can walk around underwater that's awesome. <laughs> oh wow. And then and then finally you just build this huge fucking submarine mm-hmm. that 
can go like 900 meters deep to start. So it's like you are traveling vertically down for a long time. <laughs> and That's it's, really cool. It's like what I think is really neat about the three vehicles is that they all feel meaningfully different from each other. Like the little submersible, like I'm not sure what you call it, kind of a hang glider thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's very small and nimble, but then if you want to grab something, you have to get out. Mm. And then the mech suit, you know, it's very slow and plodding, but again, it's very strong. And it has hands, so if you want to grab something, you can just do it and put it into the mech's inventory. So that's nice. And then the submarine is just like, it's a portable base. Because the thing is fucking huge, and then it can't navigate through some of the tighter caves. So, and the other two mechs can dock with it. Mm-hmm. So like you're like going down in the submarine, and it's like, okay, I'm far enough down, and got to jump out and get into the other submersible to keep going. Then I had a problem where the mech like fell off a cliff, and I'm like... <laughs> How the how the fuck do I get back well, up? Because oh, it, it can no. jump, it can jump like a hundred meters up, but that, that'll only get you so far. Yeah. So it's like, so oh, what's man. the solution? I, it's it's still down there. I just oh no. <laughs> well, that that that's still the area I want to be exploring, like eight hundred meters deep. So I'm like, again, this game's a lot. Yeah, like, <laughs> like this game sounds really overwhelming. Yeah, one problem i had early on is that i kind of wanted to build a base everywhere so that i stopped having to travel around as much Mm -hmm. and then i ended up traveling around a lot just trying to build all the bases and it's just i'm just gonna focus because then once i got the submarine i'm like oh this was all meaningless this is a portable base now because so like you just just build the one base really and then when you get the submarine it's like okay now you can take the majority of all your shit with you wherever you go (laughs) That's real good. But yeah, it, it's cool that... The, so the gameplay loop kind of feels like it's changing over time, which is nice. Because early on, it's a lot of scavenging and like b- getting blueprints or then getting materials. Whereas now, like the submarine feels like it's such a game changer. And like again, that couple only got that a couple hours ago before doing the podcast. So Oh, nice. Again, yeah. So it's like, oh, like I, I got kind of bottlenecked earlier because like there's only a couple places in the game you can learn to build a base Mm -hmm. because of how crafting works where you have to scan something that's broken in 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 order to figure out how to make a working one Mm -hmm. so you have to find an abandoned base in order to build your own base right and there's only like three in the game (laughs) oh so the game has a way of breadcrumbing you towards certain locations by having random distress messages pop up to you Mm mm-hmm but I got those a little later than I would have liked. Oh. And the, and the worst part is that, so I finally just looked online. It's like, where do I get this? And it's like, go this way. And I'm like, thank you. Because <laughs> the map is the map. So it's like, okay, it's over there. Nice. The worst part is that I had found a place where I wanted to build a base because it was kind of, it was about a hundred meters deep. So like in the early game, that seems huge, mm-hmm. but there's also a crevice, like kind of a Grand Canyon-ish looking at thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Ooh, I want to go down there. But I can't yet because you know it's such a. It's like, like deep enough. Yeah. It, it's like it's like three hundred meters deep. I could not get down there, <laughs> and do anything meaningful before drowning. Basically, you know what ended up being down there? What was down there? One of the abandoned bases I needed to find. Son of a bitch! It was right there. I'm like, you're kidding me. So I built a base right above it, and then go down there, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, and like the irony was lost on me until like a couple hours ago, and I'm like, oh, it was right there the whole time. That's so. 
Like this is like a this is a storytelling game. Oh, it definitely is. Like, because... yeah, I'm not sure this is something I would play myself. This it's doesn't... very slow to start, especially. But like, this definitely sounds way more interesting than like I've yeah. heard other people kind of try and explain it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I, I guess mostly because they've painted it mostly for the survival elements of scavenging yeah. for food and shit. But it sounds like it's actually like it takes on a different kind of it, yeah l- like tone when you kind of take that timer out of it. For me right now, it almost feels kind of like Metroidish in that I'm yeah, trying to yeah. get as deep as I can to see what the hell is down there because the area I'm in now is like. I'm at about 900 meters deep, and it's, like, the way the world is structured is really interesting. The way, like, oh, I'm, like, below this whole whole other area now, because I'm just in this giant underground cavern. Right. And then, like, I kept thinking, like, well, this will have to be the end, right? And then I come to a cliff and just look straight down. I'm like, well, what the hell is that? <laughs> that is, like, the moments of discovery like that yeah. sound absolutely incredible. And, like, mm-hmm. all my vehicles right now are capped at, like... Because there's a thing in actual underwater exploration called crush depth. Mm-hmm. Where, like, the pressure gets so immense that you can't go any further. Yeah. So all my things right now are capped at, like, 900. And oh. I'm, like, right at that limit. I'm, like, at 860. And I yeah. look down this cliff. I go, how the hell? So I'm, like, I have to record this point now. And remember to come back here later when I've got some more upgrades. Because you get a message early on that kind of mentions, like, there's a thing at 800 and there's a thing at 1200, and that's how kind of the end game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I think I might see it down there. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's. See, I was more interested in this because it's an exploration thing more than the survival's part, and it's definitely paying off on see, that the aspect. The thing that I like is that it's handcrafted, and that, like, and that like, is such a huge thing. Like, there's like, yeah. there's something that like randomness can't give you about the experience of something that's been crafted for you already. Like, it's it's yeah. the same way. Like when I think about like Persona Three and Four dungeon design versus Persona Five dungeon design, where the the designs are so much smarter and mm. far more engaging. So it's like that kind of experience just kind of speaks to me a little more, especially in this kind of setting, seeing as these games are always just randomly generated. Yeah, yeah. that's sort of like how Overwhelm really wowed me because it felt like the kind of game that could easily be random, but instead all the levels are handcrafted, and that yeah. just counted for a lot. Yeah. So, like, there's a ton of def- different biomes in this and, like, different areas of the map. But again, because it's all not random like you you really do start to learn the map and like which way to go mm-hmm. and the wildest thing though is that because you start at the top because it's an underwater game like suddenly like these tracks from like one corner of the map to the other that seemed so safe when you were just doing it on the surface mm-hmm. now just realizing like how deep the ocean goes below you yeah like it actually gets a little scarier because <laughs> I'm just like oh I'm under I'm right I'm like 800 feet up above over fucking hellscape right now but hey that stuff's not going to come up here and eat me that's really awesome yeah cool. and i'm just i wonder how deep it goes i have a feeling we'll, we'll, we'll be hearing some more fun stories about yeah. this game going forward because I, I, yeah. I think that this is one that sounds like it's definitely got its claws in you and in, in oh, a way yeah that's, yeah i was the base thing like really started to almost put me off it because event because I didn't really understand how learning new blueprints worked, so I kind of got stuck for a bit. Mm-hmm. Like I think I, had, but then once I figured out how 
blueprints worked. I like got as many as I could by scavenging ruins, mm-hmm. but I still couldn't build a base. So I think I like I had the blueprints for the submarine like before like almost anything else. Oh wow! It, it, I did this in a weird order. It feels like I, it feels like I kind of skipped over the mid game to go right to the late game once I got that thing built. But That's, yeah, yeah. Because I I bought built the mech suit. It's like okay, I can walk around, but I've already got the submersible. Like, what do I need this for? And then I got the submarine. It's like, oh okay, this can carry the mech suit over to the real deep shit. Everything kind of keeps feeding into everything yeah. else in a real satisfying way. Yeah, and I will say there is a lot of like, oh, I need like ten copper. Let me go fucking grind a bit. Yeah, you're gonna like, have that. I think you can't really avoid yeah. that. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. That's really cool. And just, I love exploring games and, like, the fact that this is, like, underwater alien hellscape is also very good. It's very good and it, it's nice. It's and a kind nice of cover. Ter- it's like a like blown out version of Meridia. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I should try playing this with headphones at, like, 1 a.m. and just going into New Year's and probably really creep me, just myself out. Just completely immerse yourself in that experience. Yeah, like, I would totally try that. There's some underwater shit in this game. Like, I'm starting to get into significantly more hostile territories. Mm. I saw a new message, like, right before recording where it's like, it just flashes this huge thing up. uh, Like, submarine under attack. Because there was, like, this fucking enormous squid was, like, not having any of my shit. Oh, no. Somebody get get Chelsea over here. She'll keep it occupied. (laughs) It was like shooting EMP blasts, so like every couple seconds, the whole thing would shut down. That's what that's what squids do. Yeah, that's well, it's alien. A couple times, I've come back to my base and like the hull fractured, so the whole thing was flooded. Oh no! So like the repair tool is kind of magic; it'll just automatically yeah, it's kind of like repair. the Omni tool in Mass But then Effect. you have to wait like thirty seconds for it to deflood, and that's interesting. Oh, that's crazy! So there are cool systems in this. It's much more like. So the problem with No Man's Sky, which kind of... No Man's Sky didn't have vehicles besides the spaceship, and it didn't have base building at launch. Mm-hmm. So because those things were kind of bolted on afterwards, it doesn't have the progression that this has. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Because in this, you start swimming around, and then you get a tiny little submersible, and then you get a base, then you get the fucking submarine. Like, there's a clear progression of, like, how maneuverable and safe you are. Yeah. No Man's Sky, though, you start with the spaceship. Yeah, there's, so, no, like, there's no build-up to, like, anything. It doesn't feel meaningful. Yeah. So why do you care about getting a truck when you've got a spaceship, you know? Exactly, exactly. Because there's no, there was never any difficulty in moving around the planet because you've got a spaceship. I don't know, the vehicles in No Man's Sky always felt really silly. Yeah, they just, a lot of this stuff in that game seems really kind of half-baked. Yeah. I kind of want to play this a little bit more than I want to play No Man's Sky, I think. Also, this won't last nearly as long. Because, yeah, this has... An ending. It has an ending. Like, there's a clear goal I'm working towards. And I've heard people say, like, hey, remember to save before you do the thing, or otherwise it'll be like, you last saved five hours ago. Oh, no. It just... just, The game ends and it kicks you back, and all you can do is load your last save. Ooh! Wow. (laughs) That's harsh. Yeah. Sounds rad, though. It is interesting, though, the fact that it's a persistent, or not persistent, but, like, a similar map. Not, not similar. I'm tripping over my... There's the one map. 
So right, I yeah. could play on survival mode and know where to go for a few things mm-hmm. and have a real easier start. Yeah. It plays a few tricks at the start that once you know they're there are real interesting. Cute. Yeah, so I will give that a thumbs up awesome. if you're cool. kind of into that sort of game. Do You don't think it's going to really change anybody's mind if they're not into it? Mm. See, I think the survival stuff, I don't know because I chose to you not, chose engage to not with play that part. with that. Right. Yeah. Because right. I just think, like, having the food and water timers just constantly bugging me, like, that doesn't seem fun. Yeah. Like, being 800 meters underwater, hoping I can get out safely, that's fun. That's far more interesting, too. So what I'm doing is, like, I'm always saving in safe spots, and if I die, I'm like, oh, back to that save. Instead of, like, letting it respawn me with my inventory damaged, mm-hmm. I just reload by the last save instead. Right, right. Uh, uh, Tango Gemini mentioned Aquaria. That's more of kind of like a Metroid-y 2D. Yeah, that one is, I've heard that's way more actual Metroid yeah. thing. Yeah, that's like, like, this is actual, like, more rooted in the survival idea and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of charting uncharted territory, whereas Aquaria is just kind of like yeah. an underwater adventure kind of thing. I don't, really, I, mean, I, don't, I don't really feel that they're yeah. comparable. <clears throat> I like Aquaria, though. I think it's a good game. Yeah. So This is really, fun, really so, funny talking about the, the survival stuff, because I was just, earlier today, got someone mad linking the Pathologic 2 devs added, like, a difficulty slider. Mm-hmm. They were, like, wanting to be nice, and then they say, like, but, but don't, please. It's supposed to be really <laughs> miserable. And then... A, <laughs> bunch of people in the replies are like specifically complaining hunger is so annoying hunger sucks <laughs> they shouldn't have included the hunger slider <laughs> so um we're running a bit long yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and table the next uh, thing that i want to talk about for next episode because i figure that if we're talk, if i'm going to talk about it i want to talk about it and give it a, a good chance to kind of you know give us a preview what is it yeah i'll tell you next time <laughs> No previews. Okay. No previews. That's not how previews work, Polly. No, it's not. Uh, but anyway, we're going to go ahead and start winding things down. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody for coming out this evening at our unusual time of a, of a normal yep. week, a normal ass weekday. Promise you, still a week weekend if you believe, and you had the day off. Yeah, if you had the day off, it's still <laughs> part of the weekend. Like it this is, is just for the us. first half of the holiday because we got the day off. But now we get a four-day week. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Hey, Rhea, that's the best part. Mine's yep. three. Mine's three. I don't work Thursday either. So, <laughs> boom. That's just some ungodly cheating. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. But I want to thank everybody for coming out, listening, and uh, of course, um, I don't know what else I was gonna say. <laughs> thank you for the bits and the subs. Of course, always appreciated. They fund the Moon Pie Fund, and that's. Make sure that I, this drawer right here always got moon pies in it. Always got moon pies in it. Polly will never ne- will never starve so long as we're able to do a socks cast. <laughs> John Pyre, where can our dear friends on the internet find you? Faraway.times.itch.io and Rhett, where can we find you? Uh, on my dumb website, I haven't updated in like two years. You've still not updated it. No. To the new, you know, because Tumblr's dead. (laughs) 
and now no. they're trying to sell it, and nobody's uh, going to buy boy. it. Nobody's going to buy that piece. You bought it, <laughs> you killed it, and now you want to sell it? No. Pornhub will buy it. Pornhub will buy it, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, ha- happy 10 years to press space to win. I didn't make a sequel like I said I was going to. Yeah, I was going to say. Where the fuck does that? Where, 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 was, where was the HD version? This, don't, yeah. I was busy play. playing Trails in the Sky. That's an acceptable That's a, the only acceptable excuse. For anything. For yeah, anything. Right. And you can find me on my dumb website. Remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.